Hi everyone and welcome to High Scores High Stakes Game of the Month Club. The first one oh. ever. It's a spin-off and hopefully it's better than Joey. Karen <laughs> <laughs> looks like he wants to say something. Joey? What? I don't think he gets that reference. Uh, Friends right. did a spin-off with Matt LeBlanc and it was just called oh. Joey and it was terrible. Friends is it ran. Stupid. Yeah, Friends is the worst, yeah. But we're not here to talk about friends. We're here to talk about games that were played last month. Yes. Ten, five <laughs> seconds we got off topic. Look at that. I vote restart. <laughs> no, 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 this is all good. This is all good. Let's just all top, rolling. top content. Okay, so Game of the Month Club, what is it? Essentially, is it? the elevator pitch is this. Every month we pick a game, we play it, and at the end of that month, we're going to deep dive it. So, this month, is, the game is... Metal Gear Solid. The Metal game. Gear. Metal Gear. Just start with an easy one, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh. <laughs> if anyone wants to know what February's game of the month is, then guess what? You can just stick around and we will announce it at the end of this episode. <laughs> so Metal Gear Solid then. The PS1 Classic released on PlayStation in September the 3rd, 1998. What and there it is, as modeled by Tomahawk. Um, Metal Gear Solid obviously got critical acclaim when it was released, and it is sitting at a 94 on Metacritic, which is mega. Absolutely mega. It's up there. Very Incredible. Up there. <laughs> Incredible review score. So let's, before we start talking about the game, before we start deep diving the game, tell me, gentlemen, we'll start with you, Cardinal. Your first experience with Metal Gear. Talk to me about it. My first experience? Oh my goodness. Right, so this thing launches. It's 1998. I'm busy playing Team Fortress or something stupid on the PC. Then I go down to Extra Vision. Boom, Metal Gear. Oh, I gotta get this. Three pounds? We'll do it. We'll do it. Three or four days, the weekend. and we go. Completed it twice. Got a bandana. Changed my life. Uh, I mean, I got a literal bandana. Um, not just a bandana you get to the end of the game a Metal Gear Solid bandana just (laughs) started talking different you know (laughs) well but it was just fantastic it was totally different in a sort of cinematic kind of weird but brilliant way loved it yep what about you, Tomahawk? First experience of Metal Gear. Talk to me about it, mate. First experience. So, as you know, uh, we grew up in Nintendo household, so I had to rely on my cousin to go to come down to our house with the PlayStation. He had Metal Gear Solid, and we. Ba- I, my first experience basically is watching the whole thing, and any time a moment where he's like, "Oh, like Tom, do you want to jump on?" So I'd play a little bit, and I distinctly remember the one bit that I have is when you're talking to the Secretary of Defense, and then Snake just sits there and goes, "You." bastard and then my parents walked in and go what is this game why is this got and then basically i had to sit and watch all the game reading the codec as dialogue (laughs) so for most part of my adult life i didn't really know what was going on in that final uh segment really so i love that i love the way you've already discovered it in game of the month club january 2024 that metal gear solid had voice acting you know what? Like it a was SNES just, Final Fantasy game, just reading text. It was just one of those <laughs> moments where I think in the, the the childhood panic, you sit and you go X, and you think, oh, they'll just 
skip it. Most games, I have to mention, skip to the next sort of dialogue mm-hmm. pit and they're still talking. No, it just, they mouth, nothing comes, no no do- uh, audio comes out and you just have to sit there and read the dialogue. So it kind of loses a bit of its gravitas, especially yeah, at that oh. part of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes it does. <laughs> well, my memories of Metal Gear, obviously me being older than you two gentlemen, just by a wee bit. Just by a wee bit. Uh, he's, the creative, he's the creative director. That's who he is. <laughs> I remember Metal Gear Solid before it even came out. Because I remember the official PlayStation magazines um, hyping the absolute life out of Metal Gear Solid. I remember not seldom a month went by when there wasn't like a screenshot or like a little snippet of what was going on with that game. And I remember reading about it and reading about it. And then suddenly... The month before it came out, I think I think it must have been August '98. Um, <laughs> the cover for PlayStation, the cover disc for the PlayStation magazine, was Metal Gear Solid, which was about the first half an hour of the game. So you got the docks and you got the helipad areas, and then the, and then the demo ended. <laughs> um, but I remember playing through that demo. I don't even know how many times I was I was blown away by it. I had never seen a game like it. And it was just incredible. And then when it came out, when it was released, like Cardinal, there was a wee extra vision job. <laughs> Went down three pounds for the weekend. Absolutely blasted it through. It was incredible. My memory of the the renting it. Please tell me you did this as well, Cardinal. Contact Meryl Snake. Her Kodak is on the back of the cover. And I'm like, well, this is tricky because I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> So I did what any, what, 14-year-old, 15-year-old would do. I picked up the house phone, and I rang ExtraVision, and I spoke to the bloke behind the counter and went, hey, mate, what's Merrill's Kodak code? And he's like, oh, yeah, uh, uh, give me it over the phone. There we go. That's how I progressed the story of Metal Gear. To our non-UK listeners, uh, ExtraVision is basically Blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. It's not as good. (laughs) Better. Stuck around a lot longer. I didn't see Merrill until I bought the game. And had the disc. <laughs> <laughs> so when Carter said he completed it, he got to the bit where he had to contact Meryl. I was like, well, that was a good game. <laughs> Thank you very much. Come yeah, along, Nauticon. <laughs> the only question I have about, about that little thing was, is it a really smart fourth wall breaking moment? Or is it anti-piracy measure? That's the real question. <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> Storytelling first, piracy... Uh... Limitation second. <laughs> I, I think there's a point where we'll touch on breaking the fourth wall. So I, it very well could be that. If it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? So rather than us delving into your gaming past, shall we get into Metal Gear Solid? And I think it is a story based game. So what better place to start than the setup story that the game has given us? All right. And the story is. Well, it starts. Really, really simple. Basically, you have a team. So it's set in the year 2005, the space year 2005, the faraway future in 1998. So it was, anything was possible, including genetically engineered terrorists. And that's exactly what the scenario is here. So you have genetically engineered terrorists. Six of them have infiltrated and took over Shadow Moses Island, which is in Alaska. And they have threatened the American government with they will launch nuclear missiles if they don't get the remains of Big Boss. What they're going to do with them, we don't know. They just want the remains of Big Boss. It's not a big ask if terrorists come up to me and sit here. Quite small demands, to be yeah. fair, yeah. Just dig them up, 
I'm sending them to Alaska. It's all good. So, so basically, these uh, genetically engineered terrorists are a four members of Foxhound, which were a elite special forces group, and the American government don't negotiate with terrorists, so they send in ex Foxhound member Solid Snake to infiltrate Shadow Moses to do two things. The first thing is, do they have the capabilities of launching nuclear missiles? And could you please, whilst you're there, save the DARPA chief, Donald Anderson, and the arms tech president, Kenneth Baker? So Snake goes in, and he has a support team of his favourite people, Roy Campbell, Mei Ling, and Dr. Naomi Hunter. We're giving her a full title. She deserves it. And basically throughout the course of Metal Gear Solid, that story starts from a simple save the hostages and turns into almost anime-esque political intrigue, global conspiracies, and a group of terrorists that have the most advanced piece of warfare and technology man has ever seen. And it all starts... (laughs) It all starts with a submersible and Salt Snake going into Shadow Moses Island. And it is, from the first moment, I think, groundbreaking, wasn't it? That's it, yeah. I think even just the dialogue happens, you see Snake swim up and then has the wee codec exchange. It's the going through the dark area and the little nuances like the walking through the puddle, your footprints on the dry areas as well. I think even your breath can be you can be caught out that way pretty much straight off the bat like it is just yeah yeah i mean as i as i said there are my memories of it i metal gear solid changed gaming like it almost instantly as soon as you put that game up you know you're in for something absolutely special because when as soon as that disc boots up you get the montage of what's been what is going to happen in the game you see everything and it just flashes by and then it goes into the menu and then you go into the the dark area of shadow moses and just everything about it the cd sound the music the graphics like don't get me wrong like they've aged (laughs) um (laughs) but i remember 1998 i had never seen a game look so realistic and there was so much about it but as you say tom the being interrupted almost constantly like that first dock area is the tutorial area but it doesn't give you anything to do other than get to the lift and that game yeah. explains every mechanic that you're going to engage with over the next what eight hours in a five minute segment you have as you say you have the water in the ground you have patrolling guards with their vision cones they have hearing so they can hear the water they can see your your wet footprints in the dry areas they can they will look for you they will eliminate hiding spots all in that first area that little dock area is a microcosm for metal gear solid in its entirety and it is super impressive really 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 impressive yeah i i I think the start of it is amazing Oh no, it's it is great. I just want to throw back a little bit further before you even boot up the games. Did you just watch the the mission briefings, where yeah. Snake is basically being prepped for the mission? It's like it's a lovely little precursor to actually playing the game because it he's in his because he's not doing this mission of uh, of his own will. He's basically coerced into doing it. He's been pulled from retirement. Yeah, again. So, so he gets 
given his nano machine so it could be tracked for it with his codec. He's then given the mission brief. He's then been told who the members of Foxhound are. So you actually get a bit of a more of an insight of who you're dealing with at various points in the game. Mm-hmm. And then they constantly go, the terrorist leader. And then they're all like, he looks like you. And then the transmissions just end. So that is intrigue alone to kind of hmm. get the plot going and yeah and it is it is very much at every point of the game i think me and you have talked about this off off air you know it is very 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 heavy on the story and mm-hmm. it does pull you out the game quite a bit throughout for codec you know conversations that go on for a a wee bit let's not be it goes on for a wee bit and you also have the in-engine cutscenes and things like that but the game is constantly reminded it knows it's a game and it doesn't really pull you away from the gameplay element for very long at any point of the game yeah. it's almost as if someone is running in kojima going okay that'll do for here may I just get let's just let them sneak again it's a good story engine but mm-hmm. it also i think it finds a nice balance of no we are still a game we are gonna guys this is like a a movie that never got made as well it, it's a lot there's a sort of a lot of elements being juggled i think it is, they strike a really nice balance throughout the whole game as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. and they, they, yeah they do, they do actually it's it's it, i don't know what changes between metal gear solid 1 and metal gear solid 3 but something definitely does because the restraint shown at metal gear solid 1 is gone by 3 so it is i don't know yeah. what changed or what happened looks like carnal wants to say something going ahead mate I, we could discuss all the Metal Gears and there's been a lot to discuss. No, it's just you you were talking about that opening scene and that segment of you land in the submersible. And that trains you for Metal Gear 1 and 2 mm-hmm. where That's you have right. something to cover and you can dive back into the water if you want. You can cover under something. There's so many ways of getting into that lift and up. Yes, and you can be seen, and you can find yourself. You can be seen, and then you can find ways to hide again until the timer ticks down, and they're searching. There's extra people come, and then Metal Gear Three happens, and it crushes all of that because there's no blocks to hide behind, and there's yes. no like every, you are just exposed constantly and exactly. in nature. Um, and then also there's three D aiming. But anyway, no. it's. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the opening area, as Cardinal said there, so the opening area is the docks area. There's what, two guards initially? And then yep. after two minutes, a further two come down on the lift. And then it brings you to four. But by that stage of game, you're at the lift effectively. So you just run on in behind them all. And then the lift goes up and it goes into a, an in engine cinematic. And it is the most James Bond moment of this game of just Solid Snake ripping off the diving suit. And then you get the title card, Metal Gear Solid. And then the music kicks in. And it's just this very slow elevator right up to the surface of Shadow Moses. So the game has is barely just begun. And it is just, this is unlike any game you have ever played or will probably ever play again, and it is just so impactful. I think in the opening, what the docks is what five minutes Even, of yeah. gameplay. Yeah, you're treated to like a tour de force in like video game design. You have the little submersible right in with that 
amazing soundtrack. <laughs> and then you have the, there's no music, if memory serves me right, in the dock area, once you're playing it, there's no in-game music. So it's there's just, not, it's just, just sound, just ambient sound. Yeah. And then you go into the left and then you're treated again to this or orchestral score. And then you go up to the surface of Shadow Moses Island. And there we get, we are we take about four steps. <laughs> we are treated to another cutscene. That's <laughs> it. It's another codec. It's another, it's, I think it, it's, it's more of a explanation of there's no one set path. And I think I, every time I play this, I fall into the same pitfall of I go to the upper floor, the ladder into the vents. And oh, it's yeah, not yeah. the easiest. I always do that. Yeah. I always am drawn to it. It's not the easiest one because the surveillance camera always clocks you. A surveillance camera? And then, yeah, you say that. And then as soon as that little tiny cutscene it disengages and you're back in the gameplay. The, the camera's looking straight at you. It does the little zoom in, the click, and then next thing you know, alert mode has happened. So incredible. So you just go, you go up the ladder. So the... I go uh, outright around the wee boxes, and up the stairs, the and then up the stairs, and yeah. then up the okay. ladder that way. But that's the way I go. I have never been caught by that camera. It must be either the because I played it on the PlayStation Five actually, so it must be the way the camera's like hitbox works essentially. But possibly as soon yeah. as that as soon as that cutscene disengaged, that snake has acknowledged that camera. The camera clocks you straight away, and you're in alert mode. So I just found that was like, so the game actually kind of suggests to go that way off his initial look in the binoculars. So yes. I always go that way. That's that. That's it. I'd never really think much okay. else about it because okay, there's... the other way means you have to traverse. Other I mean, to be honest, I played. Routes. Love it. Talked about the demo disc. I played the shenanigans out of that demo disc myself, yeah. <laughs> and it, realistically, it just there's so many. There's always different ways of doing it, as you were yeah. talking about. Yeah. Yep. So, just in so case. Anyone... There is the truck, um, in the well, on the surface. Yes. Are you able to hide in the box in the truck? You at that are... stage or is that further in that's what i was going to say i can you go into the back of the truck hide behind the box and then wait for a few minutes and then they drive the truck inside or is that later oh, i don't know because that's what I, that's exactly what i was going to say so for if anyone hasn't played Gear solid for the whole one of you the <laughs> surface of shadow moses island has the main complex you have three entrance methods so you can go in through the main hangar door which is obviously loud, and there's two cameras over watching it. There is a lower vent, and there is an upper vent. I always go to the upper vent, just because it makes the next section that wee bit easier. Just getting down and then yeah, going yeah. into the left and stuff makes that a, a, yes. a whole lot easier. Um, but yes, that's what I was going to say, and this was something I was other. That was another thing I was going to bring up. So in the back of the truck at the helipad, there is a SOCOM pistol. Did you just pick it up? Or do you so come inside the main, inside yeah. the first hangar? So this is one of the best things about Metal Gear Solid is Kojima has give you so many options for how to progress through the game, and he's covered his tracks and covered all the bases. So you can pick up the SOCOM in the back of the truck of the helipad. It's hidden behind the box. If you don't pick it up there, then it appears inside the complex in more than one place. Every item does that. So that you can pick up the thermal goggles as soon as you go into Shadow Moses Complex. It's in the first door after the security camera. 
you can go in, sneak around okay. the camera and pick up your thermal goggles. Um, but jump, yeah, jump he's covered ahead. all his bases. Jeez. Jumping ahead on that it's there, brilliant. I in my playthrough of this, I definitely didn't find the thermal goggles because I was just like, it's here somewhere, and I couldn't find them, and then just went, ah, I'll be fine. So I did the entire game without the thermal goggles. Oh, wow. So and cigarettes to get cigarettes and, a, cigarettes and a mind detector. That's all how I did the entire game. And I that's the first time I've ever done that. I thought it was absolutely it's, it's not ideal, but it's great. What a maverick. That's absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. So it's <laughs> absolutely incredible. So yeah, the thermal goggles are in the second door on the left on the upper floor of Shadow Moses. As soon as you enter, you just pick them up. There is a camera up there, but if you hug the walls, it'll never see you. Just get yeah. in, get out. Shaft grenades, lad. Um, grenades all right. You haven't got them yet. You haven't they got come them later. Yet. You haven't well, got them. You know, yet. you get that. Are they? They're in the middle of the. Uh, the oh, the helipad. No the one goes in there, man. We're not maniacs. I go in there. Maniac. Absolutely. I run. Insanity. I wait for the timing of the lights and run out, and then when they go back out again, I run to the middle and then back again. And to be honest, I usually get seen. And then I run back and hide. This will be this will be one of those daunting statistics that it turns out Cardinal just gets spotted everywhere, kills every guard in every room. <laughs> I am not. That's what I imagine you do. I've seen you play Fortnite. I will be. I am stealthy as in this playthrough, as as stealthy as stealth will allow. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> are you though? <laughs> so so yeah. So this is what I love about it. The the helipad also shows off a wee bit more the environmental awareness of your the genome soldiers. Um, basically, it's all snow. And if you run through the snow and a guard comes across your tracks, they do disappear because it is still snowing. But if they see your tracks, they will follow your tracks to find you, which is absolutely fantastic. It's a great mechanic in game as well. Really, really is. I think it's something that I think is a bit lost these days now. Uh, it's it's there's so many little touches in this game that just make it so good one of the guards has the cold outside as well and you can use his sneezes in order to get past him without being detected it's just brilliant the start of this game is just incredible and just it puts you in such a good place that you're willing to then suspend all disbelief of what the game is going to throw at you yeah. over the course of the next eight hours. It just really is fantastic. So we have gotten into the complex, and our first job is to locate the DARPA chief, Kenneth, or Kenneth Baker, isn't it? DARPA chief? No, Kenneth Baker, Baker is... Uh, Donald. Yeah. Donald. Donald Anderson. And you find him in sub-basement level one, and he is in prison. So we have to find a way in. And Snake does what anyone would do. Go through the air vents and jump on down. And then they have a cutscene in which he says that they have... The terrorists have the nuclear detonation codes. They have the launch codes because they have tortured him and delved into his mind. And this is where things start getting a little weird because no sooner has he uttered those words is he then dying of a heart attack. And then the intrigue starts. And how's that happen? It's a real we'll coincidence. <laughs> it is a real coincidence that you talk to this man and he dies of a heart attack. Far too convenient. And then you break but, out of prison. That's it. It's funny, though, as soon as you... Because you talk about that, he has a heart attack and then you have the codec conversation to say that in the panic that the DARPA chiefs had a heart attack. It then has this really bizarre parallel flashback of Ocelot in the torture chair, which... It yes. seems really out of place at the time because if you're actually paying attention to that, I, we're, we're going to deep dive this anyway. You see, it's the DARPA chief in the 
in torture the chair. chamber. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's, it's such a bizarre sequence, but I guess it's kind of cool that they're playing Snake this whole time, really. You know, the, the terrorists. Yeah, yes, and it's they and he does it throughout the entire game. Something will happen and someone will say something or someone will do something, and it's like, what is why are they sharing that? Or it's why... nearly too much exposition, but then if you're not paying it, it's a blink and you miss it moment. But obviously, we're deep diving this, so we're tirelessly noticing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the first one because it, it never struck me until this playthrough. I was like, why does it, why does it show you? Because there was a lot of the story beats I forgot about. This was one of them. I'm not going to lie. This was one I forgot about. And I was like, why is it showing us that? Is that a flashback? What's going on? Because you do hear a conversation as you're going through. You hear a couple of conversations as you're crawling through the air vents to get to uh, the DARPA chief. And you hear about there's someone who's broke into the complex and has killed five yes. five people at that stage i think it yeah. is and they do say about the um you know psychomantis is going to break his mind and get what we need as well so it is dropping these little breadcrumbs of a story clues, yeah. yeah and it's like what's going on here so you talk to donald amerson he gives you a key card which opens some doors level one um and he tells you that kenneth baker needs help and needs to get out of there because they're going to try to break his mind but he has been trained and he is harder to break so they might do more horrible things to him than what they did to the DARPA chief and then we break out of jail with a unnamed guard who may or may not be female and have a really nice wiggle when she walks <laughs> so that's, that's, that's important that's important later on <laughs> she also has rookie uh, you've rookie eyes you never fired a gun before bullets ripping through flesh <laughs> Meryl's great. Meryl's this like epitome of uh, like feminist, but also at the same time, it's like, oh look at me, I'm a, I can't do this. I'm a woman, but also it's like, don't touch me. I'm a woman. I can do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Meryl. I when I was younger, I really liked Meryl. I liked the character of Meryl. This playthrough, she's a pain. She yes. is just a pain. She just doesn't listen to Snake. She has no idea what she's doing. He has every idea what he's doing. She doesn't listen to him. Constantly gets herself in trouble and is just a, more a hindrance than a help at any stage of the story. She's just useless. I don't like her character. I'm just saying. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It tells yeah. what you really feel. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> once she leaves, we find out that she is Colonel's niece, and she refused Personal to take. Sticks. <laughs> and she refused to take part to help the terrorists, and that's why she was in prison. So now we are going to find the arms tech president, Kenneth Baker. So we run to the lift that Merrill has just used, and as we run there, we get our first glimpse of one of our bosses, probably the best boss in the game. He just appears and says, "Yes, that's right." <laughs> And it disappears, and you're like, what the? What, what the? What's going on here? Even Snake goes, what's going on? Colonel, something's going on here. Um, I just had a hallucination. <laughs> is this the nanomachines? He, he does like to blame the nanomachines for an awful lot, though. Well, to be fair, they were injected at him. He didn't request them. Pretty much against his will, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we like, I would be skeptical of that as well. People were skeptical of the vaccine from two years ago for goodness sake <laughs> i mean it's normal i can fully understand his 
is things. So then we go down to sub-basement level two. We blow up a couple of hidden walls and we find Kenneth Baker. And he's being tied to a pylon in the middle of a room with lots of explosive trip wires. And we meet, we meet our first boss of the game. And it is Revolver Ocelot. The, I don't like this boss. The right hand man to the, his boss, Liquid Snake. Um, you don't like this boss? How come? Which I just think it's, it's just a lot of running around. Mm-hmm. And you shoot him, and then you run around a bit more, and you shoot him, and you try and be smart and run back and catch him out, and he sees you do that, so he runs the opposite way. So it is just a bit drawn out process of cat and mouse, mm-hmm. with um mm-hmm. with a lot of quips from Ocelot going, "I just like how guns shoot and battling <laughs> and stuff." <laughs> it's kind of like just nonsensical metaphor, so you make it, it sounds a lot more profound than it actually is. <laughs> yes, yes, it's. I don't like it either, t- truth be told. I It's really, really basic, and there's only one way of beating him, and that is literally running around behind him with a SOCOM pistol, hoping that he misses you, has to reload, and you get one shot, because you can only ever, at any time, get one shot at him, and then he'll start running. And then he, yeah. halfway through, it gets, when he starts ricocheting the bullets off walls and stuff to get at you, but all in all, it's not a very good boss fight. It's an introductory boss fight. Yes, it's also an introduction combat, yeah. to a chap who you'll you'll be journeying with over the next decade of your life. Yes, that's Possibly. very true. That's very true. In the end, it's really really easy, um, and it is just to get you used to the combat mechanics because up until this point, you haven't used them, and you will be using them a lot in this mm-hmm. game. For a stealth game, there's a lot of shitting going on, and it is to get you used to the aiming and shooting mechanics of the game um but yeah that fight ends revolver gets his hand cut off his shooting hand Mm. cut off by a mysterious cyborg invisible ninja who then freaks out and then runs away (laughs) but it's another one of those uh plot devices where ocelot looks at him and goes no you're supposed to be dead and then next thing you know ninja bolts he just and then you're left with more questions again. His suit seems to malfunction, and then he runs off, and then we are left with Revolver also run the way. I'll get you later, Snake. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> um, and then you go and rescue Kenneth Baker, and as Kenneth Baker is telling you all the good stuff, wouldn't you believe it? He dies. Not again. Of uh, a heart attack. Snake just knows how to draw them in. Snake's like, this is not on. I need to talk to the colonel about this. Colonel, this is the second time a major hostage has died. What's going on? Colonel's like, I have no idea. Maybe they're, maybe they're just sick. They're old man. I mean, Alaska's we get a bit, cold. We get a bit more information from Baker. He does tell us that this is actually a secret uh, underground facility for the development of Metal Gear. Yes, it's he does. It's not just the nuclear. That. That's quite, it's a big plot moment. You know, it's not just a, a, a disposal facility. They're actually running secret tests to turn Metal Gear into a armament, a deterrent, mm. uh, a nuclear deterrent, I believe is the, the, the term. The term they used. Yeah, he'll give you another key card and you continue your quest. You're told to go to the Warhead Storage Unit, I believe it is. To go and find uh, Dr. Emmerich. That's right. He'll, he'll yeah. tell you. He was really deep into the 
development of Metal Gear. So you go, you have another boss fight. It's a tank. Is there much to talk about? Apart no, from the laser really. grid to get out there is worth talking about, I think. Because Tom, is a good shot, yes. you have alluded to that. You use cigarettes. So basically it's a hangar door. It's an airlock almost. One door is open, one door closes. And it's protected by moving laser grids. Um, there's two ways of getting through it. There's the right way of getting the thermal goggles in the second room to the left on the top floor. So you can see the lasers and you just avoid them. It's really easy. Or you can use the more, much more difficult way of Snake has sneaked in cigarettes in his stomach and obviously regurgitate them, but you smoke them. And because of the smoke from your cigarette, you can see the laser beams. It's a beams very and finite it. field of view. So you yes. only get maybe a couple of pixels either side of Snake's like person, but it's there. And it's, it is a faff, but then the problem I have with the, with the goggles is that I spend 90% of the game playing it with the goggles, so you just have nothing but a hue of red yes. for 90% of the story, So because it, nearly everything has mines or lasers in it. So Even some cutscenes play out with the red if you leave them on. <laughs> I noticed I did find that. Um, but yeah, you fight a tank. The only thing you mention about the tank is it introduces Raven. Vulcan to us. Raven. Vulcan Raven is a hulking Russian who shaman, wants, yeah. he wants to play, I think is the words he used. So he sends out a tank, a couple of grenades, and you're through the tank, and you're into the storage facility. There's not much to say about here. A couple uh, of... I mean, solid snake here takes out a tank with a... grenades. A couple of grenades, okay. yeah. At yeah. that point, you're thinking, because it's building up, oh my god, it's a tank. That's, I'm just one person. Oh, it's all right. That person's solid snake. It doesn't matter. Night, night tank. Yeah, it's That's... But it's it's not very interesting. It, you have well, to avoid does... a couple of claymores and then run around the circles around it and lob a it, grenade every now and again. It does do that thing though, and we will touch on this a few times more. But like the dialogue and the line delivery and stuff about Vulcan has a, a lot heavy. He's very heavy on the metaphors, where it's like <laughs> it, he's he's there sort of just to test snake. And see, you know where he's at, sort of what the what the terrorists are up against. And he says a line to the boss on the radio. He is like a demon possessed on the battlefield. The battlefield. <laughs> and it's like, and he's a very formidable match. So you know, it, it, I think Vulcan's a particularly favorable character for me because that's he's just full of these really dense metaphors and. <laughs> Which I need that line, <laughs> just you saying that line there reminds me of something Revolver Ocelot says when you beat him. He's like, you're a great fighter, Snake. It's, I wouldn't expect less from a man with the same code as the boss. And you're like, yeah. what does that mean? <laughs> what does this mean? <laughs> the dialogue in this is incredible. Like, even if it's just, it's not even so much like the words themselves. I think it's, it's a tribute to the voice actors and how they've even <laughs> delivered it as well. Like, it's. Oh, well, well oh, yes, the voice acting is something. It is so, so good. But yes, we get through the nuclear warhead storage facility. We go down the stairs and we get into one of the best fights in the game, in my opinion, which is the cyborg ninja character. Yes. And we Fox. we find out his identity is gray. Oh, Fox. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have, I'm operating on the principle that anyone who's listened to this has already played this game, so I feel as if we're this far in now. We've spoiled the entire it. first two hours. <laughs> Snake fought Grey Fox on the fields of Zanzibar in amongst a minefield in Metal Gear. 
the original on theirs. And they back. work, by the way, yeah. <laughs> and they fought to the death. So technically, death. Snake there... thought this man was dead, but he is isn't. Is there a bit of gaslighting going on in this? Because I have a feeling like these ga- these characters all get introduced and like to the sort of PlayStation 1 player at the time is probably going like, where's all this like background coming from? How am I supposed I'm not supposed to know this. Like Metal Gear Solid implies that like, this is the first there isn't games before us or anything like that yes so, so i feel as if kachima does or like konami or whatever just do a little tiny tiny little bit of gaslighting so yes so i looked into this right so remember i said that, i said on a previous episode of the podcast about um kachima doesn't like metal gear 2 because he had nothing to do with it yeah i was incorrect kachima does not like the nes port of Metal Gear Solid 2 because he had nothing to do with that. Konami greenlit that behind his back. And a few parts of Metal Gear Solid retcons what happened in some parts of Metal Gear Solid on the NES. Oh, okay. So it does. So there is a fight in Metal Gear Solid 2 where Snake fights Grey Fox. That does happen, but I don't believe in the game gray fox dies if that makes sense i know because um, they said that he like gets he's near death and they capture him and put him in this prototype yes. exoskeleton and then just prolong him with drugs and uh like hypnotherapy and kind of stuff like that yes. real primitive 2005 technology <laughs> i mean like super primitive man you've never seen anything like it like mobile phones inside your head <laughs> you know <laughs> Wow, so <laughs> 05 was we, a crazy year. So the the fight with Gray Fox then. Yes, the high I hand really throughout. I think it's brilliant. I really really like it. I think the characters are just so so well. Be, before you go into the boss room, you come out of the lift and there's just a corridor that's just littered with corpses and there's mm-hmm. blood on the walls in very precise straight lines and they're like what is going on and there's this like really like low key music plays when you come out of the lift and Snake's like what it's the hell? real ghostly yeah it's and very then, spiritually sounding nearly. yes and it's so it's, it's so it's so unsettling it's almost like Silent Hill style music and then the game gives you control and you walk up the corridor when you get about halfway you hear a struggle and then someone gargling in their own blood. You run around the corner and there's a guard just floating in the midair. And then yeah. Gray Fox turns off his active camouflage. And it is just what a way to introduce a character. It is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it is so effective. And I. I have played this game so many times that still makes me really excited to see who this guy is because Gray Fox is the coolest looking thing I have ever seen in a video game. His armor is awesome. It's like Power Ranger armor, only super cool. (laughs) Yeah. It's good though, because without the introduction of Gray Fox, we don't get the introduction and speaking of great ways to introduce a character uncontrollably wetting himself. We get Hal Otacon Emmerich. <laughs> yes, incredible. And it's there's a throwback in Metal Gear Solid 2 as well to that, where I think when you hide, it tells you how to hide in the locker, and you 
go into a locker and then all the con rings and he's like you know the first time you met me snake i was in a locker now we're even and then snake's like not until i piss my pants <laughs> amazing <laughs> it is so good but yes once the fight begins with him i think everyone who's ever played Metal Gear Solid tried the exact same thing let's blast this man you brought a you brought a sword to a gunfight, my friend. But no, he did not because he deflects every single thing, and then the fight will stop. Yeah, and he will throw down the challenge. Let's fight, bare hand. And I think he says, "Like old times, Snake." <laughs> and you're like, "What? <laughs> okay." <laughs> and then it, it starts this amazing, like I don't know how many phases is there? Three, it's like a three phase fight, three yeah. phase boss fight where the first one's really simple. He just walks around. He'll throw a dig every now and again, but you just sort of, once he throws his punch, he has like a wind down. You just go in, and get your three hit combo, and then back off of him. And then once you hit him, by, once you get him by a third of his third health, of way down, yeah. then he switches on his active camouflage. And Which is really difficult to do when you only with have cigarettes, I, your, by the way. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I think he has three hiding spots. The first one yeah. will always be beside the locker, beside the computer. They'll terminals. telegraph the first one because it's in a cutscene, but then yes. it's trying to figure out his pattern. It's It, it seems to be randomly generated it every is. time. Yeah, yeah. If, you have, yeah. if you have the thermal goggles, you can see him, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, and again, he will just sort of walk a wee bit more acrobatically he will kick and he will backflip he will jump over the computer stalls and you know hit you with a combo the second phase is probably the most difficult so it is in my opinion that's the one i failed on the most it's where he'll essentially he'll disappear as you throw punches yes yeah yeah you have to figure out like when he's gonna throw his like he'll either have like a super punch or he'll like yeah kick you or something like that yeah no it's... You have to, yeah you wait for him to finish his combo and then you go in hit him with your combo and then back off and just sort of recycle I, I, it. I, I will tell you what got me the most and i died a couple of times on on this one and obviously the boss fight is technically still happening when it when he just goes into berserker mode and the electro field around him yes now the you first hit, time you get hit in the if you're even remotely in that hitbox it's a ton of health yeah. It's a ton of health, yes, and you, your health bar is very small still at this at this stage of the game. Um, but yeah, I didn't know what to go on. But the, the third phase for that one is he just walks around <laughs> looking to do you great harm, and it's it's such a great boss fight. Once you get him down to like the last hit, that's when he puts on like the pulsing like thing, and if you get caught in it, it does mega damage, and oh. it's hard to know what the timing is for that because it doesn't it it never stops but the intensity of it drops and you have to hit him when it's at its lowest intensity um once you beat him you meet otacon he has the he's the biggest weeb in video game history isn't he he's funny though because like snake comes in and like big lore dump from otacon and he nearly tries to catch him out in a lie which i think is brilliant in this like in this part of the game he's like oh metal gear like it's just a training exercise, and it's like it grabs him and it just goes, Don't you know the Metal Gear largest nukes? And then Otacon's what? like, What? It's not like, meant what? to. No, no, it doesn't. And he's like, Yeah, stabilizers. <laughs> but, but what I love about that, once that whole interaction happens, Snake goes, What did you think you were building? You know, and then he goes on about how he hates nuclear weapons and all this here sort of business. And then 
during that monologue, he comes to the realization that Snake's right, and he's helped create this walking nuclear equipped battle tank, and he he drops to his knees and does the whole Planet of the Apes. They what? did it. Those B words. They finally <laughs> did it. What have I done? And then he decides. You know what, Snake? You're a good lad. I am going to help you, and we are going to stop this nuclear nuclear launch. We'll here, the best buds in the process. Here is my key card, but unfortunately, I have hurt my ankle, Snake. So I'm going to have to go and hide. But it's okay because I have active camouflage. Five of them in my office. I'll just go there now and go get one of them. You're like, can I have one? Snapple. <laughs> That's it. Snapple. He also says that he'll bring you ammo and need. Never he, wants. <laughs> he does. I think. He will only give you ammo drops if you're about to go into a boss arena with no ammo or not enough ammo. He will call you and go, Snake, I left ammo here for you. Oh, so, because okay. for me, um, later on, Sniper Wolf 1, um, after I beat Sniper Wolf 1, I was passing back through after the backtracking part and he had left a box of PSG ammo in the little where you snipe her. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird when he says he offers that though, because like each phase, the game will drop the ammo relevant to the fight that you need next. Like so, um, coming up, I got a lot of like famous ammo and a lot of SOCOM ammo, knowing that I was going into the Psychomantis fight, basically. Yes. Um. Yeah. It's 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 a weird wee game for for that sort of. It does give you what you need. It will if you don't use your PSG one, it will never give you ammo for it because you don't need it. It seems to have some sort of like coding system where it goes, oh, the player is using this gun, he's going to need more of this ammo. So and they'll we'll give you it based on that. Yeah, we'll spawn more of that. Um. Yeah. Uh. So we have got Otacon, and then we have to go. And yes, speak go find with Meryl. Meryl because Which... Meryl was given a key card by from Kenneth Baker, who shared right. the cell with her. Which is what interesting. The, the laugh is know. as well, because she's in disguise and Otacon is like Otto Snake is like, oh, I'm gonna find her. And then Otacon just hits her with the don't be so dense. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And then it has the flashback to her wiggle as she runs to the lift. <laughs> so we're basically going to look for a um, a guard that has a a bum a wiggle walk, walk effectively. <laughs> <laughs> and to to my shock, so you'll find you have to go to your room, and it's in a very ornate sort of hallway. I think it's basement B two of the nuclear storage. Yeah, it's like the commander's office as well, B2. and it's like the it's. It's a big old room with loads of doors on each side, and there's three yeah. guards inside, one of which will be Meryl. Now, I went in, the first time I went into that room, I was like, okay, this will be easy. I'll just take, I'll just kill the guards I can kill, and then Meryl will be left. So I snuck up on one, broke his neck, snuck up on the second one, broke his neck, and then it went game over because <laughs> I killed Meryl. <laughs> and the colonel was like, Snake, what have you done? That is and the game ends. So but like, if Meryl, Meryl, but if Meryl spots you, then the exclamation mark comes up, and she just guns Bolts. to the the bathroom. Yeah, I'm just gonna say we forgot about the uh, the Nikita missile 
to tur- to blow up the. Uh... That's a horrible part of the game. That to blow it up is. the electric box. Like that room is the most secure corridor on planet Earth. Snake, the air is poisoned, and the floor is electrified. <laughs> it's like what? Oh yeah, I like the the, the this nuclear storage facility has no like sense like it has like towers with nothing but automated guns it's got poison corridors like it's just i don't know who designed their security system but like they're obviously raking it in (laughs) there is a couple of parts like that where it makes no sense when you go into the nuclear storage facility you get a call from colonel going snake you can't fire any guns in that room the warheads will explode but every guard they see it starts starts blasting you it's like what it's just weird things to hinder the player and it's like make any sense (laughs) as i get gunned down yes so so there's one of two ways they find the meryl number one you go into the room you can let her see as she runs to the toilet or if you just hang about in the corridor for two or three minutes they the guards take it in turns to go to the toilet and one of them will come out and go to the girls toilets just wait for her follow them in and then then she comes in and gives you the whole I really want to be a soldier. I'm not a rookie. Uh, like, I love Foxhound, but only when you were in it. I love big guns yeah. as well. See, there's uh, that speech about big guns. That's a big gun for a girl. I know what to It's like, take my 45. I've held a gun like this since I was eight years old. It was like, oh my god, we get it. You're, you can, yeah, like, you can Colonel, what have you been doing with your family? Like... <laughs> it's just incredible. And then um, you leave the toilets with Meryl and she's like, I know how to get to where we need to go. We need to go to the comms tower. That's where we're going. We need to go to the comms tower. I know the way there. We have to go through the director's office and you leave a toilet and all the guards are gone and it's just a walk into the office and the best boss fight in the game. Probably, probably one of the most iconic boss fights of all time. It is Psycho Mantis. Psycho Mantis. There's not much we can say that other people haven't said about Psycho Mantis fight. It is yeah. incredible. Um, it is. I, I didn't use any weapons to beat him. I just punched, punched him. him. Yeah, punched him to oblivion, to be fair to his man. Yeah, he didn't stand a chance. But basically the premise is he will throw objects from around the room at you. He will launch chairs to form like a force field around himself. Um, once you hit him, once you get his energy to a certain point, he will start using Meryl, not against you, but he will tell her to shoot herself and you have to knock her unconscious while he's attacking yeah. you. And all the while, if you try to attack him, he will dodge everything you Deflects do. Deflects everything and stuff as well. Yeah, the control port, uh, I think, is one of the most... It's the single greatest thing to come out of... Uh, the analog controllers basically as well <laughs> it's so good it's just like you know you're like colonel i can't hit him he seems to know what i'm doing it's like it's the controller port snake he's reading it's like, the port and it's if like you don't figure what? it out if you figure it out on your own fair enough like that happens but if you i think it's if you die two or three times colonel will tell will tell you straight away but i think if you're trying to figure it out if you ring colonel five or six times yeah. he'll basically just go it's this like yes. it can't be that difficult but it's the other wee silly things in that exchange as well. It's like the boss is great, but it's the the sort of I'm going to demonstrate my psycho psycho oh, uh, yes. abilities to you. So you, you they vibrate the 
another one. Then they read the memory card. So if you have other Konami games, Konami games, it? I think that's yeah. brilliant. That 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 was brilliant because that blew my mind when I was a kid. Because obviously they had like ISS and stuff saves on, and you know he was like say things along the lines of "I see you're a great sports person" and all this here business. It's so good. It's it's fourth wall as Cardinal said earlier. It's uh, I think it's one of the the, the best moments of it. If you think about coding that you're thinking about coming up with that idea, even for the different controller, that's never been done before. And you're coming up with the idea, okay, so you're thinking like an if controller port two, then Psycho Madness does this, port one, Psycho Madness does that. That's amazing. The yeah, reading the memory card is a technological feat. Because if you yeah. think you could save a game on a PlayStation 1, it takes time to load up that memory card and then, yeah. it, then it loads up all the icons then it's save it it takes time it's like it, has to then just... your, it has to read your in-game stats as well so it has to read how many times yeah. you've been discovered you're how many just, times you've yeah. saved and so there's a lot going on that's actually a very good point cardinal like a technological standpoint for 97 that's 98 yeah it's, it's just incredible yeah. even for today's standard there's game developers out there who wouldn't even dare attempt something like that because it could be absolutely game breaking it'll be an absolute as cardinal says it'll be a coding nightmare to get that working correctly and as it was intended and to even i to my knowledge it is every konami game that had been released to that point on playstation 1 it wasn't just a handful of titles it was every single konami game on playstation 1 to that point so castlevania symphony of the night and all has its own unique senses it's it's just insane i think as Colonel says, it takes time to read those memory cards. They are solid state, like, but they are 1998 solid state. They're just RAM chips, effectively. I think the whole put your controller on the floor and let me show you my power is the game buying time to access your memory card. That's yeah. what I think is going on there. And it even has that great bit where after he does the controller thing and tells you, you still don't believe me. And then he just goes, Joosh, and then your screen goes black. And it looks like yeah. your it looks like your console's being disconnected in the top corner, just hit a yo appears and then it blinks back into light. It's just incredible. The the whole setup for that fight is just magnificent. It is brilliant. Kojima does it in a lot of games as well. Like even particularly in Metal Gear Solid Three where you climb the ladder to the radio tower and the music. transmitter. <laughs> but it's it's only done because it's the this sheer Load. size of the game. It's a loading screen. So Snake I think it makes eater. They put all these bits into the game as uh, we're stalling, basically, so it makes yeah. sense. We need to stop you moving forward because we need to do something really cool here. <laughs> and that's yeah. basically what it is. And can I just say, right, we haven't spoken about the graphics of this game in any sort of detail. When I walked into that office, I was blown away by what I was seeing in that room. It's so it is detailed at this point of the game. It's stunning. And it's just like some of the, techno- the technological things he got places one to do in that room is crazy. So it is a ordinate polished floor and everything that I I know it's basically what he's done is he's took the above room, flipped it upside down, dropped the you know, the detail level on it, and that's how you do that. But it looks incredible. Um the characters also reflect on the floor. So oh, okay. it does. It is just so, so, so good. And it is just again with I said this again, it's a it's a 
I've never seen anything like that in a game before. Even today, I was impressed by that room. I was impressed by that fight. The fight isn't much to talk about as an actual fight. It's just a lot of crawling around the floor, waiting for your chance to spring up, hit him with a one, two, three combo, and then hit the ground before a pitcher comes flying off the wall. Um, I do believe in that fight, though. There's Psycho Mantis statues, two of them, one on each side. Apparently, you can do damage to those to damage him. Uh, if that's the case, I've never tried it. I, 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 try, I wow. tried it thinking that you could destroy them beforehand, but... Uh, yeah, no. so you can destroy them and it, it takes him out of his invisibility thing and makes him, you know... Apparently that was something you could, if you destroyed them, that actually stopped him from reading your mind. I think that was another trope to get around it as well, but... Well, when you walk knows. into the room, yeah, once you hit the middle point, the middle point, the middle point of the floor, he appears and then it's a cutscene. So you can't skip that because it's yeah. loading. <laughs> I presume, but can we talk about what happens when you kill him? Because when we, when you kill him, and this was something I had never seen in the video game before, like genuinely, I had never seen anything like this. Was once you defeat him, he's laying on the ground. He takes his mask off and he gives you his backstory about how he Just, was. Yeah, he his powers don't come from the genetic engineering he went under he was just born with it he could just read people's minds that's why he wore the gas mask because it stops the signs but he read his father's mind and realized that his father hated him and didn't want him around so he kills his father and it is this yeah. real it is like a real moment it's just like where meryl him and snake are having this conversation you get a real lore dump for the character but you also get like then go I never agreed with the boss's plan. I just wanted to kill as many people as I could. Yeah. So, like, he just is yeah. a bit unhinged, but... but it's a wee bit a of redemption sadness. for him. There's there's, a, there's he's a, not there's... just... It's not... I think it's Kojima going, you know, video game enemies can be more than just the giant lizard that steals a princess every single game. These mm -hmm. can be actual characters with motivations and whatnot. So he tells you where to go. He basically says, go to the comms target. That's where you want to go. And then he asks for his mask so he can die in peace without hearing everyone's thoughts. I, I just thought, yeah, really, really good scene. Really well, good scene. I think he's the first one. And then as we go, all the, I think all, and all profound bit of storytelling to do as well. So mm -hmm. I think it's, it, it, it's a good step, stepping point to like, you sim not sympathize because let's face it, he is still a lunatic at the end of the mm -hmm. day, but it mm -hmm. like gives him a sense of like, this is a good character. He's not, just a, a, he's not just a grunt, essentially. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a fully fleshed out character. He's not a cartoon 2D villain. He actually has reasons for doing what he's doing, mm -hmm. and this is the, the reason, because <coughs> he was horribly, horribly this next mistreated. Bit me, though, because the next we, bit, I think we, we can kind of just gloss over. Well, that's it. You go through the wolves. Oh, the wolves. The wolves, the wolves is my personal most hated part. Oh, it's... it's and, it's my second most hated part in this game. Um, but yeah, you go through the you go through a snowfield, see some wolves, crawl through some really hard to see tunnels, really hard to see tunnels. Um, and you go to Sniper Wolf. Well, you go to the base of the comms tower. Meryl gets sniped because she's an idiot and doesn't know how to <laughs> stick the walls and stuff. Um, and then the colonel's like, Snake, Meryl needs help. He's like, I can't. There's a sniper. And he's like, oh, you need a sniper rifle, Snake. So go right back to the room beside that Kenneth Baker's boss fight. 
and then you have to go all the way back to the start of the game to pick up a sniper rifle that yeah. you can't even pick up earlier because you need a level five card. You can't get that earlier no. than that. You, you can. I tried to do it actually before the Psychoman fight, and the lifts are suspended. Everything's yep. done so that so Psychoman forces you to go there once the music stops. Yeah, yeah, but you can't even go back after that either. No, so I... it's so frustrating. But I think if I remember correctly, this is close enough to where disc one ends. Disc one ends. Yes, yes. So I, I don't understand the motivation to make you go all the way back. Is it literally just to? It's part of time. It's part in time, yeah. So it's just like, if it didn't force you to leave that room, if it just threw you into the boss fight there and then, how would they remove Meryl in order yeah, to put her true. at peril? Do you know what I mean? So they need you to leave that room so they can despawn Meryl's body. She's been captured by the terrorists, yada, yada, yada. But anyway, you get the PSG one, you go back and you fight, you fight Sniper Wolf and it's a really non-event of a boss fight it's literally quite five quick. shots yeah there's nothing really to talk about and then you get captured <laughs> i love this and then this, you this have is, it's the bane of my existence in this yes this. yes you get captured you think meryl's in peril and then this <laughs> salt snake is in big big trouble because he wakes up he gets knocked unconscious when he wakes up he's on a torture device that's going to pass electricity through his body and it becomes a uh, two rounds of smashing your circle button into absolute oblivion it is it's tougher than i remember it um, yeah, oh god uh, it's uh, it is just although the handy thing is that when it says to regain your strength even after the rounds completely yeah. finished you can still keep mashing it and gain a wee bit fact, more and still gain more yeah. yeah but it's it's needlessly hard like i it I, is. Play, I played this on medium i don't know about you guys uh, I'd have hated to. I'd have hated yeah, to normal. play this on hard. I'm, I'm, I'd have hated to play it on hard. I'm not gonna lie. I mapped one of the Steam Deck's back buttons to rapidly tap the O button, even though Revolver Ocelot says, "I'll know if you're using Turbo." <laughs> nah, -uh, mate. No, you won't. No, you that don't. Is. You wee rascal. You're lying. You are now, lying to me. I don't know about you guys, but uh, so you go through your rounds of torture, survive. Go. They throw you in the prison cell. We find out that the DARPA chief has actually died several days before. This is it. This this is the part that shocked me because I forgot about this. So after you survive a torture, you get put back in jail. As you say, the DARPA chief's body's on the floor, but he's like decomposing. He's being eaten by maggots. Snake rings Colonel and is like, this is weird because it looks like he's been dead for a couple of days. And like that is weird snake what's going on here and then master miller comes onto the scene with a big old snake can i talk to you in private mate because i think naomi is something to do with this here kid um yeah this is it this whole like subplot that just kind of appears out of nowhere it comes out of nowhere and then he's like here ask her these questions and snake does and she gives him answers and then he's like well snake here's the Here's the crack here. <laughs> She's lied. <laughs> and then gives the you all these reasons. things didn't happen in New York. They happened in Chicago. Yeah. And I'm like, what a, why, what is this going to do with anything? And like, it's such a bizarre thing to interject at this point in the story, considering you have to try and escape the prison cell. You've got to do, you've got to fig figure out where Meryl is as well. Uh, also, I don't know if you guys have played, I don't know how it's like on the emulator, obviously playing on the, on the Steam Deck. So, 
uh, Snake talks to uh, to Naomi, and Naomi says, "Put the controller on your onto your arm." Yes, and she makes it vibrate. Yeah, it is to yeah. heal your arm because it's sore. <laughs> yeah. And so Snake's like, "My arm's really sore," and she's like, "Oh, I'll stimulate the nano machines." Yeah, it does that. Yeah, it's <laughs> airy fairy near future two thousand and five. <laughs> it's just incredible, man. But yeah, so now we're at the position where one of the three people who are support team may not be working with our best interests and may or may not be working for the terrorists, I think is the, is the, what yeah, that's it is what master Miller says. But yeah. So once we break out of jail, we go all the way back to the comms tower. And then I wrote, I have a note. I have an excellent note here about that. Cause you go from basically the prison cells at the start of the game back to the comms tower. Which I imagine in game has only been an hour, yes. maybe. Snake's mm-hmm. passed out. He's come to. I've wrote. It's the profound flashback. He sees Meryl's blood on the floor, and then has to have a flashback of Meryl getting shot again. Yes, and it, like it, 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 in the real world, it's probably been about ten minutes. Like, is it even ten minutes? It's pretty like. like it's like this is needless. <laughs> grand scheme of things, like all this is pretty. The beats are pretty instant. So. Mel getting shot is still a relatively fresh thing. We're aware it's happened. We don't need but a that, flashback. But that was on the first disc. Who knows how long it's been since you've got uh, you put that second disc in? Oh, that's know? very that's very true. That's, that's a very good point, true. Actually, so once you get the jail, you go back. Blah blah blah. It is the oh, it's the worst part of the game, isn't it? <laughs> it's the comms tower. It's the secret load screen. It's it's the, it's the action sequence of the comms tower. It is the worst part of the game, and it is a massive, massive, massive spike in difficulty. It is like this game is not messing about anymore, and it is hard. <laughs> it is hard. Go ahead. Are we talking about the climb? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. The game is very much less the tactical espionage, and we're very much into the action part of this game now. I must admit. Yeah, so basically this set piece is you have to ascend comms tower A because at the top of it we have to... I don't even remember why we're going there. So is it something you have to patch into the tower? Am I saying this? So I think from what the... Metal Gear is on the on the ground basement to the north, but you can't go over ground because of glaciers. This is how fresh this is in my head. So you have to go underground via the communications tower. That's up the, Traverse the communications towers because they're joined mm-hmm. in two separate tiers. And then you have to go back down the second communication tower right. to get to the facility where Metal Gear is stored. It doesn't make any sense. No. But it's just... But it's go there and video yeah. game anime. So you have to basically what what goes on is you walk into Comstar A, you go through a door and you set off an alarm, and then it is a run and gun up. I don't know how many floors, but it goes on forever. Forever, and there's a memorable enemy, amount of floors. There's <laughs> enemies coming at you from the front. There's enemies that are infinitely respawning from behind. They run faster than you, and it is just a case of, the way I did it was I put on the body armor, equipped my FAMAS, and just oh, tried just not to stop, stop. Held the trigger, yeah. Just tried not to stop, and just ran up, but it, I died there so, 
so many times. It was just it's just a brutally hard, needlessly hard section of the game that makes. Because this is really sense. funny because it's kind of like because it built this is obviously built into the top of communication tower and then we're gonna we go into the hind fight after this yep. we go into the two essentially the two phases of the hind fight, mm-hmm. but it's done it, in this like massively seamless sequence where you go comms tower repel hind yeah. comms tower hind <laughs> yeah and it, the can I, can I just bring it back to the the climb because yes, that yes, is is actually what one of my favorite parts um, in a sort of masochistic way um, okay. and that I just glorified it maybe in my head in my memory but you have the famas you're running shooting up you know you kind of aims up you turn around down at 45 degree a... angles <laughs> yeah I remember throwing a lot of chaff grenades stun grenades um, stun grenades I chaff would be in tower I... B yes tower <laughs> B oh yes 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 Um, but it was the distance and the <laughs> how long you kept running up. This was 1998 mm-hmm. and it just seemed such a significant challenge. But at the same time in 1998 you had Final Fantasy 7 mm-hmm. and in at the, near the start of that you've got a staircase to climb a Shinra Tower mm-hmm. and it is 60 floors <laughs> of flights of stairs yeah. that you're going up, up, up and there's enemies fighting as you go up to. It's just um, and it was needless. just I love these. Like the, 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 the game is peppered with these like infinite sequences of you know you're in alert mode and you just have to run and gun. Like it does just throw the stealth aspect away and throws you into. It has to give you some action, I suppose, in that mm-hmm. regard. But it's the monotony of the spiral of the stairs. But I think because the camera is in this, it's fixed position. Really, it's mm-hmm. beautiful because yeah. the camera just spins mm-hmm. and as Snake ascends. So it's actually like creates this illusion that from the development side of the game it looks like you don't actually traverse the floor the camera just spins in tow yeah it's it's it is great it is because when i was playing it i was like this is like the most final fantasy thing in in this game because there is like a like a mini sequence as you said where you repel so you get once you beat the climb which is a pain but apparently cardinal's favorite part i mean each to their own mate um once you get to the top liquid meets you uh with a a rushing helicopter (laughs) and just starts unleashing hell blows up the the path between tunnel a or tar a tar b which leaves you with no choice but to jump off the side of a building and repel your way down which is again another pain of a section oh, because I don't basically understand it, yeah. you have to avoid liquid who's just panning and just unleashing machine gun so you have to avoid that we also have to avoid steam but the steam is everywhere <laughs> like the steam is in by going diagonal straight, straight lines it, oh it's, it's everywhere it, it, it's, it's i everywhere. died six inches from the ground that's how bad that play came to me several when times I, when i um I died a couple of times getting down the building and I just went to him, well, I'm just going to go down in a straight line and just rampage it. And that's exactly what I did. I got to the bottom of very little health. I had to use two rations to build my health back up. Now, there, there is a really strange part about this then. So you rappel down successfully to the lower tower. Yes. And then I can't remember if the game continues to stay in like alert mode because there's three guards that sit on the opposite end. Yes. And you have but to my play through... missiles. But my playthrough, they didn't engage me. 
So I put the C4 on the door behind me, blew off the ice. Then yes. I just took out my PSG1 and just sniped them. But they never engaged at all with me, so I can't tell if it's maybe something in the PS5. What's really that... random? So in, they just... my, in my playthrough, so... as soon as I, I did the same, you see four blow up the ice in the door to make it an easier descent. And then as soon as I took like three steps from that door, they just annihilated me with machine gun fire. I had these Nikita missiles fired, because I they were fired just the Nikita and the, I fired the Nikita missile and they shot it down. <laughs> I could do that, like, and they can't do that. So I just lay on the PSG one. I must have possibly must have just been far enough that they're just out their aggro range. Exactly, yeah. So I just like shot them, yeah. shot them, shot them, and just made that section a little bit strange because I was looking at them, going like, "Why is no one shooting at me? Well, I'm going to shoot them." <laughs> and I just had a wee little nice dander up to uh, the top of Com Tower B, B, which is a lot easier. Um, I mean. Did we need to go up a second tower? Probably not. Was Kojima probably trying to pad out the game? Yes, definitely. definitely. But did the tower need to have all of those machine gun cameras? Most certainly not. It it was there. It's designed to take some options off the off your player by using your chaff grenades, and it's also there oh, to take a, a fair wee bit of your energy off to make the boss fight that's just around the corner a wee bit harder. But before we get to the boss fight, we have to talk about the most bizarre scene in Metal Gear 1, which is you get to the top of comms tower B, you're just about to go up onto the rift to fight Liquid, and Otacon makes his grand reappearance on it with his active camouflage suit, and he asks Snake a very important question. Snake, do you believe love can bloom on the battlefield? Oh. <laughs> It's just like, mate, this isn't the time for this at all. What are you doing? Because he declares his love for Sniper Wolf, doesn't he? Not yet. You don't know who he's talking about, but he says he's in love with someone. And he doesn't know if she's in love with him and what should he do about it. And is it real love? Or is it just endorphins and uh, address? Yeah. Yes. Can love exist on the battlefield? There's a lot of, like, profound... It is just a lot of metaphor on and like the futility of war really but snake does just hit you back with some bangers going like it doesn't really matter we're all just gonna die anyway <laughs> i know i know it's so good <laughs> um and then we go up and then we fight liquid in the hind d hind d it's a nuisance of a boss fight though because this one because you do just have to stinger Wait. missile stinger missile and then when he goes low you just track him with the stinger, wait mm-hmm. for them to pop up, and you just no, annihilate it. Yeah, it, it, there's no challenge in this boss fight. It's it's relatively simple. As long as you unequip the Nikita fast enough to avoid his retaliatory machine gun oh, yeah. fire, you're fine. Um, there's nothing really, there's no secret to it. It's just literally just blast it until it falls from the sky. And then, and then he says the greatest line in the game. <laughs> After he blows the hind out of the sky and it hits the ground and kabooms, he gets on the phone to Colonel and he's like, Colonel, the hind D is down. And he's like, yes, and with liquid in it. He's like, well, that takes care of the cremation. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so good. It's too good. It's amazing. What a line. The man is cold. He is cold. So yes, so we have Killed Liquid? So we think, and I just want to pause it here, because 
we are talking about this hindy fight years later i was in a guy another guy's living room and he was showing oh you gotta see i'm playing middle gear again right and it was like a ps3 maybe or mm-hmm. something i don't know what he was playing it on but it was a different version of the game and during this fight snake jumps on top of a rocket oh that's that's towards the hind day that's twin snakes and he's riding it like a surfboard (laughs) seriously and it's like hang on this is too far like okay i get yeah (laughs) a psycho man is everything that's happened here but the standing on the rocket no i think they've obviously like the port came much later than the the twin snakes one twin snakes 2000 uh i think it's same year as resident evil 4 you know i think it was like 2004 what they've done is they've let everything escalate they've realized what's escalated and then they went let's put a bit of that ridiculous back into the og i can't can't remember who made the twin snakes but it wasn't kojima like he had nothing to do with it it was uh, it was outsourced to another developer i can't remember who made it but yeah, Twin Snakes is a bizarre remake. Looks gorgeous though, because it uses the Metal Gear Solid 2 engine. Looks great. But yeah, it's just wild. Like they fully embraced the like anime stylings of it and went That's full it. anime. And it was it's bonkers. Also super expensive to buy now. So you're looking about two hundred quid for that in GameCube. Ah, it's it's a wow. real um commodity right now, isn't it? Um, Didn't sell well. After the hind, so I'm just gonna bring this back now. I might, I have a gap in my notes here, but Captain America lift. That's right, yes. So the you meet Otacon, he says, Can love exist on the battlefield snake? He's like, Listen, kid, I didn't die in Zanzibar for this nonsense. <laughs> battlefield, battlefield. I'm old enough to see death. Um the it Snake wants it needs the lift working, but it's broken. So he says to Otacon, Can you fix this? And he's like, Well, dude, it's fine. It's already a walking working, nuclear yeah. fire and battle tank. I can fix a lift, you fill a cargo elevator belt driven to be 10 minutes so you get back and uh autocon range and he's like yeah that lift's working now mate i just used it and snake gets on the lift but when it's he gets on when he gets on the load exceeded buzzer goes off but snake's alone so he rings autocon and he's like autocon mate here this lift isn't working there's a weight limit and it's exceeded it must be 600 kgs I only weigh 130. <laughs> and then Auto- was like, well, that's weird. The same thing happened with me, Snake. And also, I forgot to tell you. There's an I awful f- lot. Otacom forgets to tell an awful I lot of things. I forgot to noticed. tell you that when I went back to my office to get my camouflage, I had five sets of it, but now I, oh, I only had one, which means I'm missing four, Snake. And he's like, <gasps> And it's the most <laughs> anime thing because like his character icon goes face. right into his face. And he's like, they're in the lift with you, Snake. And sure enough, you equip your uh, goggles, your thermal goggles, and there's four guys in the lift with you. Cigarettes. And <laughs> you have to destroy them as the lift's going down. And it's actually quite difficult because for s- the camera angle is really weird. It's like a, it's like at a really acute angle to the ground. Yeah. And it's like... I don't know if it was just the emulator, but it felt almost as if my controls were reversed because of the camera angle, where Snake didn't seem to move, where my brain was saying he should move. And I don't know I, if it was... It's it in felt weird. To, I think there's a there's something as well on the PlayStation 5. I think they're awaiting a patch on the controls for Snake on that. But it was a similar thing. You're actually 
going in relation to the camera, not in relation to Snake, which snake. I thought was, yeah. So that was interesting because like Snake has to plant his feet to fire his guns, whereas these guys can kind of semi run and gun. So yeah. it made it a little bit difficult. Plus, um, stealth camouflage evidently acts as body armor because like they could be dropped and then they'll get back three up three times each. Yeah. Three. You're you're killing them twelve times. It's a it's a fight against twelve enemies effectively. And the worst part is, is because of the stealth camouflage, the auto aim doesn't lock onto them. Yeah. So you have to spin in the spot. It's I find it quite difficult that part. I didn't die, but by the time I got to the bottom, my health was really, really low. Really low. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tricky. But then this is like reaction th- though. This part of the game is like a gauntlet almost. So you've had Comstar A, Comstar B, a hind fight in between, the Captain America lift fight, and then you go you exit the lift, exit the building, and you're in a fight straight away. You're in Sniper That's Wolf right, 2. Yeah, Sniper Wolf 2. And it's like a gauntlet. There, you can save it any time in Metal Gear Solid, so it's not that big a deal. But if you haven't saved before you go up to that hind D. That's right. You're in. You're going right, you're back. right back. So, yeah, <laughs> Sniper Wolf 2 I struggled with because I I think you just said, you just find her, just shoot her. And I'm like, going, yes, her. the problem is you have to find her the first time. Yes. So it, uh, you have to find her before she shoots you first. The second that she shoots and moves. Then you've, you're constantly fight chasing it, yeah, yeah, essentially. But yeah, uh, I, I actually, fun fact, was told about this the other day by a friend of mine. Uh, you could just hide in the corner and do your uh, guided rockets. I mean, it's exactly I, what I was going to say. No. <laughs> uh, like, you never hide dawned on me. Never dawned um, on me. I remember. This is how much Metal Gear impacted me as a younger man. I remember reading the strategy guide for Metal Gear Solid 1 when I bought it for the PlayStation. And one of the strategies they said to use against Sniper Wolf in both fights is run towards like a a structure of some description and then pull out your PSG 1 because the structure messes with her AI in order to target you because it'll bounce between a wall and the structure and it'll save you a whole load of headaches so you can do the guided missile so in the first Neverwolf fight I planted myself beside the to the left of the door there's like a okay. pillar and a bin I planted myself right beside the pillar and I got hit once and then in Sniper Wolf 2 I ran towards the door to um, the original building and there's another pillar there planted myself there she hit me once the fight was easy nah. fight was easy i had no issues with it finder was the only difficult thing but she just hides along a tree so you yeah it's just yeah. Go, it's just a case of panning back and forth till you find her once you i had no once... diazepam for that second fight as oh, well so i had to oh. i had to do everything completely au natural we'll say this it was horrific to, this is going to kill you then before you get onto the lift if you go round the walkway there's Dazipam, there's a couple of rations, and yeah. there are some FAMAS and stuff bullets there. Uh, but yeah, that's a nightmare, because I, I, we haven't mentioned that. The mechanic for the sniper rifle is Snake is has lousy aim, and your reticle will just sway back and forth, and it's horrible, and it's you can't use it. And then you have to take Dazipam tablets in order to calm your nerves and give you good solid aim. soldier as well to take over the counter. Med seems a bit bizarre, like, but and he can only fire it on its stilts on his he's, stomach. He's yeah. prone. Like, why is he? 
I so, don't know. but then we dispatch, <laughs> we dispatch her. I remember. Autocom. Sorry, oh, sorry. Yes, no, no, yeah, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I remember finding diazepam in, in my family home uh, <laughs> after years later, and I was like, "Who's the sniper? <laughs> Who the house is the?" <laughs> oh, that's amazing. But fun fact, though, they did give snipers diazepam during World War Two for that precise right. reason. It's a mus- muscle. Well, I, I, I'm pretty sure that like Naomi or Master Miller tell you that as stuff as well in all of your mm. h- hilarious. Oh no, Natasha tells you it at one point. Natasha tells you it, yeah. yeah. Oh, I never <laughs> spoke to this entire playthrough, by the way. No, near that. Near that. So I never, I, I never, I never got her codec number at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, once you defeat her in that second fight, then you have. One of the best scenes in the game, to be fair to it, her death. And this is where mm. Otacon comes out and declares his undying love for her as she lies bleeding out in the battlefield. Um, and the whole way through it is against really beautiful music, but in the background, there's the wolves are howling as she dies. And then she asks Snake to blow her brains out, effectively. I'm not making Aye. it. Just blow my... And then he just called, like, Otacon's just come out with, I love you. Why did you do this? Snake, I asked you not to do this. And he's like, I had to. It's a battlefield. <laughs> but then he he does the it thing because you get given right you get given in a previous section you get given the her handkerchief, handkerchief with her scent on it so the wolves don't attack you. So you put the handkerchief on her face to like as a burial, and yeah. the snakes Otacon's like, "Why did you do that?" He's like, "I don't need a dead woman's handkerchief." <laughs> <laughs> it's just he's just absolutely cold blooded, and he's like, "Snake, what was she fighting for?" Snake, what are we fighting for? Snake, what are you fighting for? Otacon's very much like this, like <laughs> this child who just asks nothing but like all these profound questions, but back to back to back. I but then he hits you with like you kind of just go, you be the man you want to be, and then uh, you go to leave, and then Otacon just runs off. Sorry, yeah, Otacon, what are you doing here in Alaska? He just runs out into the snow. Tank. He just runs out into the snow, going, "I'm gonna find out who I am," and then just disappears. That's it. Like, yeah. If you depends on the, like what the ending you did in the torture, how you got on in the torture scene, yeah, you may not see Otacon for the rest of the game. Yeah, he might <laughs> just it. die. Yeah. Well, not die, but disappear. Is that the? Is that? Is that's the part where he goes, "Snake, what do you fight for?" Me. I'm just a guy that's good at killing. <laughs> They were underselling how good uh, David Hater was. Uh, we'll a, we'll as... talk about the voice act once we get through the story. So we kill Sniper Wolf, and then we have to go to the Metal Gear store production facility, effectively. So yeah. we go through the, the Blast Furnace, Hated and it. then we go down another lift. Well, there's two lifts. But when you get on the, the lifts first are so one, long, and you can't skip uh, any of them, it's all just it's more stuff with Miller and Naomi might be a, a terrorist. Yeah, and um, the first lift as well. You get spotted, and then four other guys will jump on. It's a lot easier than the first one because they're not s- stealth or anything like that. And then you get down the bottom, and it's all frozen for some reason. So you just been through a blast furnace, and now all of a sudden, everywhere everything's frozen. And then you enter the door, and it is the second best boss fight in the game. It is Vulcan, Vulcan two, isn't it? Yeah. Raven has come. Vulcan to do battle with you once and for all and it gives you that great speech do you know what they like doing snake 
we call it pulling ears. <laughs> it's just like it is a physical and spiritual challenge. Let's pull each other's ears. It's like what? His boss fight was quite good. It's just basically avoid him, avoid the falling debris, mm-hmm. and just hit him with. I hit him with stinger missiles. Basically, as soon as the stinger you? became readily available, I just yeah. Hit him with stinger missiles. I just walloped on my thermal goggles and put claymores absolutely everywhere and just figured of it around the whole thing and he died instantly. But well, that's what I really, really like about that fight. Um, it's it's only like one of two fights in this game where you can actually choose how you do it. Like, there's a lot yeah. of options for that. You can sneak in behind him and hit him with the famas and his tank on his back and it does damage to him. Um, you can use claymores, you can use Nikita missiles, you can use uh, Stinger missiles, C4. Yeah. There's, There's so many range. options. But you, you, the, could you just like, I just go for it, mate. Have, have fun with that one. And it's really good. It's not too difficult. Although if he sees you, he absolutely annihilates your health. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, big, that massive Gatling gun. Is, yeah. There's the sound, right, of him walking is like a huge clink. Clink, clink, yes. you know, with all this big stuff on it, and then when he starts coming out, he's like, clink, 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 clink. you know, but his code of vision was really interesting because it's, it's massive, so wide and it's massive. so far, so he can nearly see you from the full length of the arena, essentially. Yeah, and he talks as well. And I was playing it obviously on Steam Deck, so I had my earphones in, and you can tell where his location is based on how he sounds. So if oh, he's yeah, how far, far away from away. you yeah. on your left hand side, he only come out of one speaker and stuff. It's really, really, really well thought out. Just again, Kojima it's just super clever, brilliant. It's a brilliant boss fight, and then he dies, and he does this weird, profound he, thing as well, where he lets the, the ravens eat his body. But he sits there yeah. and goes like, "Oh, you're a snake. You're not meant for this world. You're an abomination." And he basically mm-hmm. like go, go on ahead. We've laid a trap for you, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. What it is. And then you um, go on your merry way. And then... And it, that takes you into the Metal Gear hangar. Metal Gear hangar. And that's the first time you see Metal Gear. And then you make your way around that room. You hear lots the plan. Of climbing. Lots of climbing. Lots of running. One guard. Just one guard. That like infinitely respawns. Yeah. Uh, and then you get to the control room where you overhear a conversation totally they had no idea that you were listening to them like totally had no idea you were there between ocelot and liquid and they're saying yes we in- inputted the codes we're ready to launch he's like yes we have one more hour the americans have to give us the remains of big boss uh, and then they talk about how they changed the demands because the vaccine for the fox die virus so everything yes. is then but so they they throw in this other trope this other plot points kind of just thing. out of the blue um and then snake rings colonel and asks what Fox Day is. He doesn't know. Miller says, ask Naomi. Um, and Naomi, Naomi is, and it was inserted up... with the nanomachines. Yeah, so yes. then, then they talk about how she changed the code. And there's a bit of uh, Lord of... You find out her connection with Grey Fox. It's quite, you know, her... it's quite harrowing, actually. Like, you know, her story as well. And then she like has this crisis of identity. And because of what happened in Zanzibar, she's basically yeah. has this whole sub story for revenge. Yes. All so... while you're within earshot of Liquid of and Liquid and Ocelot, like <laughs> Ocelot. two guys have tried to kill you by any means necessary. So yeah, so you find out all that. Naomi ends up getting arrested and removed from the team. Um, but yeah, basically, she has her own agenda for sending for you being there and she's effectively give you fox die in your blood 
which has been coded for certain genetics. So you have been sent to Shadow Moses Island to kill every major player in the story. You're there to kill the arms tech guy, the DARPA chief, and all these terrorists by with foxed eye effectively it's just a really 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 interesting side story that only gets better the more games we play through because especially isn't it metal gear solid 2 where the revelation of naomi hunter's body being found but naomi was still alive and working four i think it was, was it in, four in, i think it's in four and then yeah, you realize that come back until then yeah the naomi that was in Metal Gear Solid 1 was actually an imposter. <laughs> yeah, it just gets <laughs> lunacy upon lunacy. It's on just it. like, mad. So, but so this the, is the part you're given the pal key. So you have the pal key. And you have the pal key because you get you that from to, Meryl. And yeah, then, so you need to use it to deactivate Metal Gear. But as you <laughs> overhear the conversation between Liquid and Ocelot, um, you drop the key card. Yes. <laughs> No, no, it's you get a you get a codec call. Then Ocelot is watching you on the security camera. Yes, that's it. And he shoots the door, and then Snake stumbles and drops and then the pal drops key. the key card. And I hate this. I genuinely to, hate this moment. You go on a rat hunt. You shit the rat. Get the key card back, and then it's a terrible section of the game because clearly they were like. Well, what what can we do? But th- this doesn't make any sense though, because like you go, you're at the control room, you drop the key card, you have to go down across the full width of the map, pick up the mm-hmm. key card, go back, go up again, then you have to do the cutscene with the pal key to pal keys to be told how the alloy changes. Then you have to go back three, four times. Yeah, do yeah. that puzzle you essentially. Have to, you have to do them in order. So the Oh, the whole game, they're being on. how does the pal key work? How does the pal key work? So effectively, it's an alloy. You heat it, you kill it, it changes properties. And the, each state of the key is a key card, but you have to put them in a certain order. So neutral, hot, cold. Cold, then hot. Cold, hot, and then hot. the last one, because cold. hot, you have to go up the two lifts into the blast To the furnace. And then Just wait there hang for three around. minutes. Yeah. And then go back. One thing I did notice is if you mess about, so obviously when you're backtracking through the game to do these key card things, they spawn in more genome soldiers. And I didn't realize that if you have the hot key card, if you hang about in Falcon Raven's room too long, it goes to cold and cold, you have to yeah. go all the way back to come back. You again. also have to, I think the either Otacon or Campbell mentioned that to keep it warm, keep it equipped, because then it's keeping your it's body heat with your body heat. So yeah. it's silly with things like that. Like the actual, like probably do a bit more into the mechanics of the game, but like the key card system to have it permanently equipped to open and close doors. Yes, is the single most frustrating thing. Yeah, on earth. But <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's wild. But effectively, you do the card, and then liquid goes a bit daft, explains that you used to your brothers, that you used to your clones. So, no, sorry, no, can we, can we maybe circle that back to that? It's a bit more dramatic than that. This whole discussion you've had <laughs> with Master Miller the whole time. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Miller's like, thank you, Snake. We can now do the attack and blah, blah, blah. And it, what blows <laughs> my mind is he just then takes the sunglasses off, unbuttons the hair, and I'm like, <laughs> That is the worst disguise ever. Because then Liquid then goes, 
face to face. How did you like my sunglasses? <laughs> it's so good. So he explains that he was Master Miller the whole time. He was trying to get you. They couldn't work out how the card worked. In fact, they didn't even have the card. Uh, he explains that you're brothers that your clones of big boss you got all the dominant genes he got all the recessive genes it turns into this pity party for liquid snake who's like oh why are you so much it kind of makes me? the oh, yeah it kind of makes the terrorist plot more. seem a lot less driven. impactful there's, yeah there's not really much it it seems like jealous now yeah. anything and then he challenges you to a fight to see who truly is the best of Big Boss's clones. And then he promptly runs into Metal Gear Rex and kickstarts a nuclear-equipped battle tank to take on a man. And it is a horrible boss fight. A horrible boss fight. Because it's a two-phase boss, essentially, but you yep. have to hit it. You have to take down the entirety of itself twice. Yes, using this... Down yeah. to the stinger missiles, which you cannot move using. And... Chaff grenades are your big oh. friend here because it, it yes. takes away the, the, the takes away the target and system missile, and mm -hmm. you just run and gun base or as much as you can. Basically, yeah. Uh, the problem with that is the time it takes for you to get off one shot. Your chaff grenade has already ran out, and he's all yeah on you. So it's a arduous. It's a... It's a brutally hard fight. It goes on for far, far, far too long. And once you beat the first phase, I remember beating the first phase, and I was like, yes, thank goodness we can get on to the, the final battle. Uh, but nope. <laughs> um, he goes a bit bananas, opens up the cockpit window, starts slabbering the uh, about how useless you are, how daddy loved you more than he loves me, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes to stomp you into oblivion, and then gray fox comes back um he has somehow attached a laser rifle to his arm and he That's takes right, on yes. he takes on the battle tank um halfway through him anime fighting this massive gundam he finds time to have a conversation with snake <laughs> about how what his backstory a little bit how you know they're still friends even though they had they battled to the death in zanzibar That's it, how there's no in a hard field there's no hard feelings. And then he goes on to explain that he adopted Naomi because he was the one that killed her parents and was meant and to kill her. It, yeah. So he adopted her but never told her. And he says, it's I'm dying funny. today. Tell her when I'm dying. Yeah. It is really funny with him, though, because he suddenly isn't crazy anymore. Weird sense of clarity and purpose. Yeah. And he's just like, no, 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 you've been mental this whole game. Why are we, like, suddenly... Because I didn't realize as well, he actually has the mask open. Yeah, the mask's open, yeah. But because it's 1998, he has no facial expression or, or, or no. facial features, which no. I thought was brilliant. And it, it, it leads to this moment that I think could have been really brilliant, but for some reason, Kojima shied away from it, was he's like, you have to destroy the radar, you have to destroy the gun, that's how you defeat this machine. And then he's like, I will get you an opening to do that. And then he jumps up, blasts it a few times, and then Liquid has him cornered. And he's like, come on, Snake, take the shot. And then if you try to take a shot, Snake will go, I can't, I can't, no. So you just have to sort of wait that. It's basically, it's an interactive cutscene. It's like, a, what do you call it? It's like a, one of those psychological tests. Do you see a monkey or a castle? You know, yeah. are you going to take the shot? 
Um, and then it kickstarts into phase two. Phase two is just exactly the same. The only thing it changes is you're no longer aiming towards a dish. You're aiming at, at liquid, and then you yeah. blow it up. You blow it up. Nothing changes, and then you the, somehow the he survives. Nuisance, the only nuisance about that boss fight is if you die midway through phase two, you go right back to the start. The of start phase of phase one, one. yeah, which man. is it's just so frustrating. Like even if it was just, even if the stinger on. Yeah, at the cutscene was a save state. That would be perfect. But yeah, I just I can't understand that for why. I know, nor, nor could I, because I died in the second phase, and I was like, "Are you serious?" That Several times. Not the soft save, but no, it's not. <laughs> it's it's annoying, but there is tactics and ways to do it. Like you know, you can just coax Metal Gear and just the using the laser, yeah, and just annihilate it that way. Um, but then yeah, you destroy it. Liquid Snake is still indestructible apparently yeah (laughs) and he's like we will do this the old-fashioned way snake meet me on top of metal gear i mean you're gonna have a fist fight mate oh by the way there's meryl and a bomb by the way meryl's alive yeah (laughs) and there's a bomb beside her snake and you know how you stop that from defeating me in mono a mono combat and it is an awful boss fight it is awful the arena is not great but i quite like just the running around CQC in each other, but it and then he'll occasionally charge you. <laughs> it literally devolves into him running, you hit them with a three hit combo, and then just following them to his next point where he's gonna stop. Three hit combo, follow him to the next. It's literally a game of tag of atop a destroyed mech and hoping That's you can do easy it in six say. minutes. That's easy for you to say when you've all you've got the superior genes. I mean, yes. Think how hard liquids fight in there. What also, what also cracks me up about this? It's only for the fact that liquid in this fight is that I I made this point. Is liquid shirtless? If he's not in it, just a trench coat and no shirt, he's just got no shirt on. Also, he's made a conscious decision to fight you here because at the end of the fight, you pick up your sneaking suit and you put your sneaking suit back on. He has made a conscious decision to strip you. (laughs) To fight you shirtless. So it's shirtless and shirtless. Mono y mono. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's never yeah. explained why he strips you while you're unconscious. It's kind of weird. Cinematic experience. But because it's, it's, it's like wonderful. You climb off Metal Gear, Meryl comes to, you catch her, she swoons at you. And yes. then Snake nearly doesn't swoon back. He just goes, oh, My sneaking suit. I <laughs> know. Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> and then you. The you book it, facility it, oh, starts yeah. self-destructing almost, and it's a classic PlayStation 1 trope of, we've finished the game, but not quite because the place is going to explode, so get out in this we've set been 10 told minutes. In, sort of been told in the meantime, and the, uh, the Secretary of State has took control of the operation. He's arrested Campbell, but it turns out the Secretary of State was in on this the whole time, so yeah. he had interest in the production of Metal Gear, Metal so Gear. They've then basically, to have deniability, they've sent him B-52s. Yeah, yeah, and they're going to bomb the whole thing and That's wipe right. out every single shred of scrap evidence. of evidence. Yeah. So we need to get out now. So we jump into the back of a um, Jeep and we take off through a tunnel. And... this sequence because it's that, the security camera at the start and it's Meryl again. And it can't be helped part of the game, but Meryl runs up. A surveillance camera. <laughs> yeah. 
what are we doing with this? It's like, God damn up, it. Well, we're, we're eight hours in, mate, but every room has a surveillance camera, apparently, in this place. Some rooms You're not are, so green now, come on. Yeah, let's go here. Uh, she jumps in the front, a new man, the gun in the back, and it is a ridiculous sequence of things. It's just flying through a tunnel in a straight line, and Liquid Snake comes back, because of course he's not dead, because of course he isn't. And he just gives chase with the machine gun and will unleash hell upon you. Yeah. And it's just survive and there's no stakes in it there's nothing like it's just it's very it's, very very survive. cinematic it's take your lumps and basically like try and stumble him as much as you can and it's a fixed distance it's a fixed time so it's you've seen at the clock basically to get yeah. to the final final cutscene yeah. really yeah there's very little to say about that part apart from how annoying it is um and then the game ends with these crashing Liquid is going to blow your head off and then he takes a heart attack. The fox die finally got him. And that is it. You and Meryl fox. or Otacon die. die. <laughs> jump That's... on jump on a jet ski and go off into the... That's right, yeah. Campbell comes on and goes, oh, by the way, yeah, like, it's all grand. Jump, there's, no, there's no bombers coming. I'm I'm in charge again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like, also, be, I, yeah. <laughs> I quit. I'm no longer Colonel. Call me Roy. He's like, oh yeah, Roy. Sorry about that, mate. <laughs> um, but oh, yeah. we're all cool. We're friends again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that—that's the story of Metal Gear Solid. And all of a sudden, you can see there's very little left to talk about in this thing. Let's talk about the the thing we've all been skirting around: the voice acting. Uh, beautiful, absolute. It's. I I love how when they introduce the character, they put the brackets of who the voice actor, like the U.S. voice actors, yes. at least anyway. I think that rates um i just think the line delivery as well is so so good yeah and it's such a great part of the storytelling like you know the in-game mechanics and everything that the, the story of the of metal gear but i think it's nothing without like that cinematic aspect mm -hmm. it totally well, like elevates it you think well, resident evil came out 1996 this came out in 1998 so in just over two years it went from i hope that's not chris's blood <laughs> to this game and it is like a generational leap in voice acting in video games it is yeah. frighteningly good and it is camp and it is cheesy but the voice actors give such earnest performances that it it sits the, the tone of the game so perfectly and it is we've been quoting it all episode here it is absolutely iconic but i think voice acting. we we have like the little tiny quips and stuff as well but like the more i think the recency of it as well there's there's far more quotable uh parts to this game than we've ever remembered i think initially yes, yes. Uh, just and it has it i think that's what's so impactful and what actually sticks with this so much is how yeah. quotable it is. It's like my even going back to Vulcan one, and he just hits you with, "Why don't you crawl on the floor like the snake like you are?" <laughs> it's so good, man. It's just Otacon, I think, or not Otacon, Ocelot. Sorry, is underrated. Probably the best performance in the game is by Revolver Ocelot's voice actor. Just brilliant. Just absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Menacing clean clear 
he he's clearly a man with a plan and he knows exactly what he's doing at every step of the way oh like liquid... the stinger at the end yes yes the stinger at the end i forgot about that but the final thing is a phone call or codec call between ocelot and someone it's a phone call because he's the the other voice he says he's talking to the president or something yes the other the voice is like which is like the classic old phone call and he's like yes we have the data and we have the construction data and the battle data for for metal gear yes the inferior one won turns out he's just better in battle Yes, that is right, Mr. President. And it's like, <gasps> yes. And Ocelot is playing the long game. Yeah, Ocelot is brilliant in this. Like His voice actor is so brilliant, and he gets across that character so well. Like, when you meet him in the boss room, he's just sitting there with <laughs> Kenneth Baker tied up against the pillar, and he's just spinning his revolver around his hand just looking dead cool he's a man in total control at all times even when he gets his hand cut off he just goes and Uh, sorts the problem out wraps it up in the torture scene you know he's he's menacing you know do you have he's not actually typically a villain either he's one of those nearly plays devil's advocate on both ends because even Mm -hmm. when he has the exchange with snake in the torture room he's very much I'm going to let you in on, on these plans. Whether or not yeah. you survive or not to do anything with this information is up to you. Yeah. Uh, so, great character. He's really, like, his development kind of stutters a little bit in part two, but yes, that's, yeah. I think, where the nonsense kind of, like, escalates from it then. Yeah, but in one, he's brilliant. Like, you know, even the very fact of they strip you to torture you, and then when you get your gear back, he has expected you to escape, so has put a bomb in your bag because he knows you're going to escape because he has thought of that eventuality. And yeah. unlike Liquid, as good as Liquid is, Liquid is very, he's a passionate enemy. You know, we, we've made fun of him there towards the end. He is Gurney, you know, oh, daddy loved you more than me. Why are you so much better than me? Blah, blah, blah. Even in the hind fight, he gets very angry very quickly with Snake and ups the ante by starting blasting him with missiles and rockets and all this sort of stuff whereas Revolver is just totally in control all the time because he's playing a different game from everyone else it's brilliant the voice acting is superb the voice acting is amazing at all times even in the the incidental voices in the game itself huh? it it has to be it has to be you're talking about Hideo Kojima he's one of these guys that watches a movie every day you know, yeah. from right, exactly, yeah. Japan, from the you know American, whatever, wherever it's from, and he's just a top I, action, so passionate about and movies, but also like well acted, good stuff. Yeah. He wanted the, it's a cinematic gaming experience. Yeah, and, and it's he wanted awesome. it to be that way. It's awesome, and that goes even as far as the music in this game, because <laughs> we talk oh. about this, the opening track is just again iconic, like you know. As soon as when I put this up, I haven't played this game in since the PlayStation Three when I bought it on the PS Classic. Um, I haven't played this game in a decade, I would say. And as soon as the Konami symbol comes up, it was like, that's so good, so good. The music throughout the whole so iconic, game though. is amazing. The, um, the intro, it's like nearly like a. The, I have the title of the song here. It's called "The Best Is Yet to Come." It's vocal. 
song. It's like it's is it Irish band. The Irish, mm-hmm. your Irish chick, yeah. yes. Uh, it's always done in the real. Yes, that's right. It was it was recorded in Dublin. I remember reading a bit of this again yeah. the credits and stuff Temple as well. Temple Studios. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just it is peppered throughout, and it's peppered. Yeah. It's put in at the very start, just before you land at the docks. It's put in usually whenever Snake has a deep, insightful yes thought about being yeah, on whatever. the battlefield and stuff as well. So <laughs> it's put it's put in the right places. For the right amount of time mm-hmm. and i think there's a particular moment where it plays through and then there's just a silence and then colonel or snake will just sign off and go like oh just be careful and then it'll just the codec will turn off but then there's a second again before it like fades back into the gameplay and yeah. the, the music in this is is perfect even the lack of music has its places and it's done incredibly well it's, it's done well the, the the one that sticks out on me is you go to get meryl go to the toilet you have that whole scene and it, the, the, the game music is playing in that hallway and then when they come out of the toilet they have that like fourth wall breaking moment where it's complete silence and snake's like where's the music where'd the music go yeah it's just like where'd the guards go really good it's just so good man the, the just the voice acting is brilliant even if snake is a bit too preoccupied with the battlefield not in the battlefield i was born in the battlefield i'm old enough to know what death looks like <laughs> uh, but <laughs> it's just so good man there's a reason when hideo kojima announced that um Kiefer sutherland was voicing salt snake and metal gear solid uh five there was uproar in the gaming yeah. community because David Hayter is Salt Snake. Wasn't there, was there something that, that their relationship was pretty strained? Yeah, he, he made him re-audition every yeah. single time or something like that. And David Hayter was like, come on, man. It's been four games. He's like, nope. Yeah, must re-audition. I just, uh, that, I think, I think that would refused. put a strain. I think that would put a strain on a lot of relationships that way, especially yeah. when you are essentially the the voice of such an iconic character mm-hmm. yeah it's it's it was yeah keeper Sullivan did a fine job don't get me wrong but he was just he's not david hater i think he though was... when you're trying to tell the story of him he's a big boss you kind of i see the creative choice yep. that they make but it doesn't work for fan service it doesn't work yeah because it's yeah it's solid snake and that's just it I think I I heard an interview with Kurt Russell recently where he said he was asked for something or would he would he have done the voice of Metal Gear because he did played a character called Snake Plissken in Escape from New York York. he had an eye patch and you know a mullet which Uh, was referenced in Sons of Liberty as well Snake he uh, introduces himself as Lieutenant Plissken that's right yes yes and he said he he know because he just doesn't like revisiting characters or something. Yes, he said, yeah, but, it was a really non-answer. It was too, it was yeah. too close to yeah diplomatic, like it was far too diplomatic. But yeah, I, anything else for the sounds? I like the incidental sounds in the game. I like when you run over the snow, it crunches the oh, God, like con- the, the ambience, the diegetic stuff. It, it will, will yeah. It's amazing. Like every material sounds different. Even the noise Snake makes when he pushes himself against the wall changes depending on the material of the wall. 
it's just awesome. It's just because that's the game pointed out when you're looking for the Darp or the Kenneth Baker. It's when you have to do the C4 and it's knocking the wall on yes. the painted wall spots. Yes, even just the iconic uh alert, the exclamation. Yes, underrated sound effect. It's just but you see that in pop culture today. You remember the Wreck It Ralph movie? That's it. That's it. Yeah, there was the exclamation mark at one point. You know, so like the alert, the caution music, the even the the noise of the coat, even the of the soliton radar kicking back yes, in. Yes, yes. Just those uh, little tiny bits as the, well. All these the like death, iconic little pieces. Your death track as well, which like you know the music it plays. Yeah, so good, so good. The sound is so good. I know someone who still has the codec ringtone as their phone ringtone today. Incredible. Incredible, I love it. Um, yeah, that's I think a sign. Oh, graphically, what's your thoughts on it? Especially you, Tom. I'm I interested in what you think. Being the youngest of us, always. I think it always looked good. If not, by the time I got around to playing it proper, dated. It was very already a dated game. But I think though, when when did we say the PlayStation Two was two thousand and two thousand two thousand? Yeah. So you're... yeah. So you're talking a couple of years difference, and then by the time Metal Gear 2 came out, it's already a humongous leap in graphics and gameplay I mean, and stuff as well. Yes, I think I think it's really, that's a really interesting point, and I'm glad you brought that up. I think people forget, I mean, we think of like consoles now as incremental improvements, where, you know, for a long time I was like, you know, I'm not buying a PS5 because I haven't seen a game that can't run on a PS4. Also, most of these games are on the PS4 too, but that's a different story for a different time. But people forget that w- when we went into the 90s, the Sega Master System and the Nintendo were the preeminent consoles. Yeah. And then by the time we were leaving that decade, it was the PlayStation 2. Like that is just, you'll never see generational jumps in technology like the late 90s. I exactly. mean, like I remember... I remember going from the Mega Drive to the PlayStation, and it blew my mind. What I couldn't believe what I was looking at, couldn't believe it. And then again, when I saw, I think it was Tekken Tag Tournament. I think it was the first game Sony showed off for the PlayStation Two. And hand on heart, I thought it was like a pre-rendered thing, and it just wasn't because the generational jump was enormous. And Huge. I think. That's you go it, going back three years it. between Metal Gear One, Metal Gear Two, three years, not, and they're not even they're barely three full years. That's it's it. It's just one of those frightening. ones. The game plays really well. It just plays as it would a introductionary console, I suppose, just for being the PlayStation One at the time. It is like peak, I suppose, but I think it still holds as a really good game. You know, it for the console. Like I'm playing, I played it for the PlayStation Five. I like purposely bought it for the for this on the PS Five, yeah. and I think it just plays just as I think it just plays nicely, even on the even on the dual sense. It runs well. Yes, there, there's talk of a, a few patchwork patches to be announced for it, like yeah. but graphically, where we are and where we've been, huge huge difference. Yeah. But uh, you know, all in all, it was a great week. Great looking game, I think. Even like even on this, up, it's not upscaled by any means. But I played it 
and then I stretched the the screen ratio. Oh, for it, like you went widescreen. I did. Oh, I dear. did. It actually no. like it oh, actually plays. I was going to, and it did for a while. Cool backgrounds that the PS5 gives you oh, for it, no. but uh... black borders, man. That's the true retro gamers way. Four by three, black borders. That is the way it's meant to be played. I can't believe you went widescreen. All that does is stretch the picture, man. <laughs> it stretches. I, I, it. I think it's. I think it actually like it did. Didn't do too bad on the PS5 anyway. I think there is there is a widescreen hack for Metal Gear Solid where I, it just. I think that one displays is purpose. a wee bit more picture in front Not of by much like, but I know uh, graphically for 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 the time it was released, can't fault it. I, I was just interested in what you thought because you know you know you said you, did, you didn't really play it at the time. I remember seeing Metal Gear Solid <laughs> contemporaneously in 1998, and I remember being blown away by how good looking that game was. I don't. Th- I think it's really hard to understand just what Metal Gear Solid did for video game yeah. graphics. Like the whole, even the name Metal Gear Solid is a reference to its graphical style. So Metal Gear Solid was meant to be first person. But oh, really? Hideo Kojima said, it's too choppy, it'll make people sick, we can't do that. This console's not powerful enough. And and solid, Metal, the solid in Metal Gear Solid means 3D. So getting rid of pixel and going in for polygons and stuff. But man, see that transition from the kind of isometric camera, and then when you push Snake up against the wall, and it just sweeps down mm-hmm. seamlessly between those two viewpoints. And then even when you go into first-person view by hitting triangle, the camera pans and then goes into where Snake's head is. It's just... Uh, it. I remember blowing my, it blew my mind in 1998. I had never, ever, ever seen anything like that. Even Final Fantasy VII seemed dated by Metal Gear. It, yeah. Hugely. Hugely. And it, wow. e- even by... Final Fantasy VIII came out a year later and it had actual sort of big looking characters. It was yeah. the movement capabilities of Metal Gear, you know, the mm-hmm. crouching, ducking, diving, all, all the different stuff that you just seem to actually do, combined with the lighting. Yes. The whole atmosphere yes. and lighting of the game felt real. Yeah. It was previously a light in a game, just had like a yellow circle, circle. patch, you know, <laughs> underneath yeah. it. That's, and just this like Metal Gear Solid had shadows, metal, and it's just like it even just isn't the big things. I mean, I did go into I love the boss arena for Psycho Mantis. It's the small things, like in when you go into the docks to start the game, there's rats running around, and those rats react to you. It, oh, it yeah. will run away from you. Um, if you go under the water, it goes into first person, and you see bubbles from snakes. Yeah breath and the, the little wavy effect over the camera and that green hue and uh, it's just an incredible it well it was an incredible looking game but even the fact that during cutscenes there's no pre-rendered cutscenes it's all in engine and it looks i mean it looks dated because it's nearly 20 30 years later um but it still looks good i mean the voice acting the character models are just nodding pixels yeah. but i think that some of them have but i actually think charming. meryl nearly has more of a the, look the than snake movement. does, does. Like... three hand movement but it, it's i think even today standard it's rudimentary and it's primitive yes is it convincing once you 
drop your barriers that you play in a, in a very old video game. PlayStation 1 game, let's face it's it, yeah. very, very, very charming. And I think it all, it's pre, primitive looks add to the game in a weird sort of way. I mean, yes, it has everything you'd expect from a PlayStation 1 title. It has texture warping. It has the clipping. It has lots and lots of issues graphically, but it just, for what it was doing at the time, it succeeded in every possible metric. It looked stunning, and it still yeah. looks. It has the fine. replayability as well. This is the thing, though. Like you, as you say, if you take yourself away from the fact that it's a PlayStation One game, it's as we we talk about like this on the podcast, the main body at least, anyway, about games that sort of defined a generation, and this absolutely did it, and then some, and. Like the replayability is always there, and I think as we've discovered, sort of as we've chatted through it, there's loads of bits and pieces that we've kind of missed or didn't realize were there to begin with. Yeah. And so we're still like, you know, that's twenty five years. We're kind of still, it's still figuring stuff things. out. Yeah. Like the big thing I had never noticed before this playthrough was with the famous rifle, Snake will change how he's holding it depending on what his character model's doing. So. If he crawls, he'll hold it with both hands. When he's climbing ladders, he'll put it in one hand and then climb yeah. up with the... It's just... There's just so many little incidental details in that game that just make it incredible. Just the very... Even when you throw a chafe grenade, there's like little pre primitive... Um, uh, what do you call Chat. it? Alpha? Alpha? <laughs> alpha sort of things with just little dots everywhere oh the alpha particles looks, yeah yeah yeah. looks great man just the whole thing just looks great and the sound management the whole thing's just yeah what a master what a masterpiece like it's it's a movie uh played played out by the, by the the player basically yeah story goes a bit bonkers with it but but then i think it's, we'll let it it's, off it's, it's a, it's a japanese change. when it's a japanese production i think it allows to take a few artistic licenses we'll say yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i think it's really is that awesome metal gear is that metal gear sufficiently dived deep enough I is there anything you want so. anything um, missed anything anyone else wants to mention i would just add cultural impact of metal oh yes gear, say in gaming so you got this uh, tactical espionage as it says on the cover but then you got still still gaming so then you're getting games like hitman uh, to a degree, Assassin's Creed and obviously Splinter Cell and these kind of games that born come out from of that it, DNA. really. Yeah, yeah. even yeah. Con- even contemporaneously, I I think if you didn't have Metal Gear Solid, you you weren't getting Siphon Filter, you weren't getting Tenchu Stealth Assassins or nothing like that. You just weren't. You weren't even probably like games like Ninja uh, and that sort of stuff. You were never getting them without Metal Gear Solid. Um, I think. As well, Metal Gear Solid pushed. I think, it, it, honestly, it pushed video games as a medium. I think without Metal Gear Solid One, I don't think storytelling of video games would be as no where you, it is right now. You're kind of just you'd be stuck in kind of two D, three D platformers, really, with no story or no bearing. Yeah, I think this is the this is the first, and this is probably the earliest I think of my experience in gaming as a whole that has mm-hmm. like. An actual narrative, yeah, and sort of yeah. characters that you're invested in as well, and you know, invested right throughout the franchise as well. So, uh, storytelling as, first, as a medium, yeah, definitely. It's the first time I've known a voice actor's name, really, or cared <laughs> to know that much. And now yeah, today, yeah. you have 
award ceremonies like BAFTAs for video games and, uh, yeah. and you recognize the people this here for awards. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. It it left an indelible mark on the on the video game industry. Metal Gear Solid. I think it's such people always say about how important Mario sixty four is. I would say that Metal Gear Solid is the most important game released in this generation of consoles. It its influence reaches so far beyond anything else. It showed that three D can work for more than just you know platformers with terrible yeah, exactly, cameras. Yeah. It showed that yeah. with a wee bit of thought and planning that camera angles can add to your video just, game. Just I think just taking risks brilliant. as well. I feel as if Hideo had a he has a vision. He knows what he wants to sort of bring out in this, but he takes a hell of a risk. If this doesn't work, mm-hmm. you can, on its on the other side of the coin, you could kill, you could kill the franchise. You could kill the style of game. You could kill narrative based gameplay. If that didn't work, if this sort of experiment, if you want to call it, at the time, oh, I mean, it was an experiment. It was a massive experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching a making of video in preparation for this and to get the camera angle transitions right Hideo Kojima and his co-creator like director created the levels in Lego and then used rigging for physical cameras to how that makes how can sense. we best see this level, how can we transition that if Snake pushes against this wall how can we move the camera so that it makes sense it doesn't get stuck on scenery and stuff incredible depth and detail to because uh, the camera has to, to behave craft. as if the camera's in the room with them. It's, it can't just clip through it was scenery still as that it suits you. Where the camera was a physical box and it had to move around. Yeah. Like well, Mario 64 where it gets stuck on everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think without Metal Gear, we definitely don't get Splinter Shell. We definitely don't get Hitman. More importantly, we definitely don't get games like The Last of Us without Metal Gear Solid. We mm-hmm. just don't. Even The Last of Us ripped off a lot of stuff that Metal Gear Solid was doing. A lot of stuff. And even just storytelling of video games. Would be ah, miles that's it, behind. absolutely. Hideo Kojima, we tip our caps to you, sir. <laughs> what? Well done, sir. <laughs> what a piece of video game craftsmanship you created with Metal Gear. Um, how would you just rate it? Let's keep it nice and simple. We'll go from S tier to D tier <laughs> rather than a score. We'll do it that way. Okay. It's such um, a meta way. I'm going S tier. I think it's S tier. I was going to give it an A plus. There is no A plus. S or A? Oh, A. We'll go A then. <laughs> Fair enough. Cardinal. Um, I, I guess logically I have to go S. Yeah, I think it's an S tier game. I think it's one of the best games ever made. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Not without critics score ninety four. Just it. No games. No games. Perfect, no games without its faults. But I think not without it's its faults. Solid, solid. I think it's a great yeah. start. It's a great start to this uh, new side series, at least anyway. I think so, mate. I think so. And this is now a series because we are going to be playing a new game every month. And what better time to announce? february's game of the month and it is of course the equally as big as metal gear solid it's journey (laughs) (laughs) it's journey um 
a favorite of mine to be honest spoiler alert people i know that play journey love journey this i am very so... much a well acclaimed game i am i think i've beat journey about seven eight nine times and i am very much looking forward to beating it again i cannot ah. wait to play journey oh. so that leaves us then with that brings us to the end of this episode so it does there's nothing more to say except that we will see you in the next game of the month episode which should be end of february time trust us it will come <laughs> <laughs> but anyway this has been i've been mr lover lover this has been high scores high stakes see you next month love y'all bye, bye. Tuck. bye.